my dog Makai today. What's um, good, y'all? This about to be a, a great conversation. Um, I feel like I say this before every episode, but it's definitely an episode that's been a long time in the making. Um, like, I'm not gonna lie, Makai, there are some things that you post on Instagram that really I'll be like, oh, you <laughs> thinking like this? And I'm like, cause nah, that's funny. it's hard to, um, you don't, for, for me, sometimes when it comes to like the whole aspect of self-improvement and just really working on yourself and bettering yourself, I feel like it's um, uh, hard to, a lot of people don't really think like that, I would, uh, to, to say it like that. Yeah. Just, so just to see um, a lot of the things that you, just you, you really be motivating people, bro. I appreciate that. But can I be honest with you? What's up? So what's interesting about that is I really post from the perspective of this isn't easy for me. Like I I one one of my biggest flaws I struggle with consistency, especially in self-improvement, because it's hard. Like, you know, you're constantly challenging yourself and forcing yourself to develop. So really when I post, it's really just to show everybody else that like it's not about like whether or not like it's just about showing up, like, you know, trying to do it because I feel I can feel in my life that I am making progress mm -hmm. by consistently challenging myself. But I really want to highlight the fact that it's not easy, but it's possible. So that's really where it comes from, because I'm like, yo, like this is hard. I am struggling, but like I am also improving. And it's like I just encourage everybody to challenge themselves that way, because that's really when I feel like that's when life gets fun, bro. That is when it gets fun, bro. And <laughs> what you saying is something that I can't agree with hundred percent, bro. Like, I don't, I don't post my workout stuff as as much as I used to during mm -hmm. the pandemic. But a lot of the time when I used to be posting stuff on my story, it was because I was trying to garner motivation myself. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I was trying to show others that okay, like you can do this too. Mm -hmm. And because bro, working out, bro, and just just staying consistent with whatever you're doing, it's not easy, bro. It's not. It's not easy. It's just not. the whole aspect of trying to, um, of trying to just just put just do something hard each day. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the showing up. Because it's like, bro, like it. So here's what was so interesting. I was like, as a kid, I would see my parents go to work every day, like nine to five, mm -hmm. and it's just interesting because I'm like, how do they do it, like? How do they feel like getting up every day? But then you get to a certain point where you realize you can't feel like doing it. You have to do it. And you realize that it's either that's the only way that it's going to happen. Bro, so um, I used to, there's something I posted on my story like a few years ago. It's yeah. like, you can only make progress when if you do it when you don't feel like doing it. That's the only that's the time truth. when you see results. Because... Um, you know, you remember me freshman year. Like, I've lost a lot of weight yeah. since then. And there were a lot of nights, bro, where I used to work out and I used to hate it, bro. Yeah. I used to not want to do <laughs> yeah, it, bro. bro. I used to literally dread working out, yeah. bro. I used to really be like, okay, that's Monday. Yeah. It's time, it's time to start the workout because I usually work out uh, Monday through Friday. I take the weekends off. Yeah. And, okay, all right. This rest is over. Now it's time to go do it. And doing that built up so much discipline, bro. Yeah. Built up so much respect for myself um, outside of the gym, bro. I know that when you work out, bro, it builds up so much. You you, you want to stand up for yourself more. You're not going to let people talk to you a certain type of way. Yeah. You know, it's because you, you... You spent you, that time with yourself in that dungeon. When you bro, didn't want to be there... You was you was in there by yourself. Nah, come on, let's get it done. 
So now I'm not gonna go for the the BS that that you're trying to throw my way because I've I've worked I've worked too hard. You worked too hard, bro. But the thing is, it's not even like I'm better than you or anything. But it's it's literally just a the a standard of self worth. And what's so funny is, um, I feel like you know you feel like sometimes you could be like it sounds it comes off as like bragging or flexing on people. But it's really not. It sounds so corny, but like when you're when you're working out, it's hard not to be excited because you're like, yo, I'm seeing improvement, I'm getting better. So people be like, bro, that's all you talk about or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm I'm getting better, I feel better. And you really wanna share that. Like whenever there's something that you enjoy, like a food you like, you're like, Oh bro, you gotta try this. You know what I mean? So it's literally just that recommendation of like, bro, this this is making me feel good. That's why I just be talking about it so much. But I mean, bro, you are what you what you do and what you yeah, think about. That's the so truth. You talking about that stuff all the time is something that, that you do a lot. So yeah. you gonna actually and, and you see how some how much has improved your life. Facts. That for me, something that I like to talk about a lot, I like to talk about reading a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk about how much reading changed my life. Whenever I bring up a book to somebody, I'll be like, bro, please, Yo. please read. Because a lot of times people don't even, people think they don't like to read. It's not that they don't like to read. It's just you don't know what you like to read. Exactly. If you That's find true. the right book for yourself, bro, right. if you find something that is applicable to your life, whatever, like if you find a book about uh, relationships, uh, your, your area of study, something yeah. that you feel like is directly correlated to your purpose, it's easy, bro. bro. There be times where you be like trying to, <laughs> you trying to read fast. Like you ever had a book where you like, dang, bro, you trying to get to the next page. They call bro. it they call it a page turner. But it's like you really be trying to like, like when you get a good book, it'd be one of those you can't put down. I'm not gonna lie. Recently, I've been um, I've been on and off of books. I haven't been reading as consistently because I'll start to make my way through. The thing is, I've been I've been reading a lot of like self development books, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to take those in pieces because you have to actually like apply it. So it'll be like a, you have to read this, digest it, and actively apply it in your life. But um, yeah, bro, there'll just be times where I'd be reading and I'd be like, yo, they be putting like they be they be putting knowledge in these books. Bro. As lame as it sounds, it's like they be they be putting stuff in yeah, these it's books just, it's not lame, for bro. a reason. We, we <laughs> like gotta, we got to get away from, from from the whole mindset of, of thinking facts. that like that, that type of stuff is lame. Yeah, because it's like no, truthfully, successful people be reading, bro. Like. Dudes yeah. like Warren Buffett, Bill Bill Gates, any successful person, any and a lot of people who have done great things, bro. They be they be reading a lot. I remember something that motivated me last year to just really go on a reading tear was uh, I looked up like how often do successful people read? And yeah, they be reading like fifty books a year. Yeah, that's Ooh, crazy. Like yeah, 40, 50 books a year, and you can do it, bro. You can. I always feel like people people always say they don't have the time to read, mm-hmm. and. You always have time you for do. what you prioritize. Truthfully. If you spend like four or five hours a day on social media, then that's time that you could have been reading, bro. That's the it's, truth. It's a lot of time, bro. And um, I try to delete Instagram a lot, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I try to... Take your breaks. I, just, yeah. I give myself breaks from it just so I can really focus on whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Because when you really sit up and... And when you just on that shit all day, bro, it's... um. It's not you're not improving yourself. You you're just looking at other people's lives, other people's accomplishments, other people's stuff instead of building yourself. And failures and bad news and and harmful dialogue yeah. and destructive videos. It's so it's all kind of stuff. Um, I feel like that's also where the gym discipline comes in, right? So I'm a firm believer of how you do anything is how you do everything. 
and that's really the truth. I, I'm going to share a quick personal anecdote, right? Okay. So 2020, we, we go back home because of COVID, right? I dropped out of college. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, realizing that you can make money without a degree. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't want to do it, whatever. Mind you, my brother is in his senior year or junior year when COVID happens, going into his senior year. Your brother went here, right? Yeah. He graduated 2021. So he's going into his senior year. And I'm I'm out of college because uh, it was online at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bro, just go back to college. He's like, you started it, so you, you need to finish it. And he was like, I'm not telling you this because, like, mom told me to say this or anything. But, it, like, truthfully, if you quit now, you're going to always find a way to justify quitting in your mind. Right? Mm-hmm. That's so me, my brother tells me this. And he's my older brother. He's, like, my peer. He's He is my peer. So I'm not like, huh, you sound like my mom. I'm trying to hear this. Conversation wasn't sitting right with me, so I'm like, dang, let me go for a run. So I go for a run to try and clear my mind. I'm running, and I see a hill. I'm at the bottom of the hill, and I see a stop sign. I was just like, when I get to the, I'm going to run from all the way from the bottom of the hill. I'm going to sprint to the top of the hill to that stop sign, and I'm not going to stop. So I start running. I'm halfway there. I'm feeling good. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm going to eat this. Like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm three quarters of the way, and I start to feel like, ah, I'm a little gassed. That was pretty good. That was a good sprint. I'm still like, I still got another quarter before I reach the stop sign, but I'm like, I'm good. That's good. I can stop here. And after hearing that thought in my brother, in my, in my head from my brother, I was just like, nah, bro, this is exactly what he's talking about. And then I sprinted through to the stop sign. Cause I was just like, that's exactly what it's going to be, bro. I'm going to be like, nah, this is good. I, I came hard. I came far and I worked hard. Um, but this is good and I can stop here. But I was like, nah, bro, I'm always going to find a way to justify it. So that's when I decided to come back to school. Now, to tie that back into working out, that's what that discipline is. When you're down in that dungeon, you're doing those reps, and you like, you know you said you was going to do eight reps, but now you're feeling kind of tired at six. It's like, nah, like I can't stop just because I'm tired now, so you have to keep going. So that's where that, that, that shows up, that discipline, where it's like how you do anything is how you do everything. So you have to set those, sta- uh, those standards and those boundaries for yourself so that you can uh, continue to push yourself and make progress. Bro, that's, that was that's a lot. No, nah, but that's real though. Bro. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is, bro. And I think that's one of the biggest importances of going to the to the gym, bro. Uh, just because it once you once you rationalize a reason for you to to quit, it it will bleed into every other aspect of your life. And I and I'm, I'm being honest, bro. Going to the gym for me, especially like this this calendar year, I haven't been as consistent as I as I um, well. as I usually am. And, it, and it's and it's bothered me. And it's something that I want to get 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 back to because yeah. I realize it's so important, bro. It's, it is. It's so important just because in terms of for your mental health. For for your mental health, bro. When you when you in the gym, bro, you you feel better. I, bro, I be trying to tell people, bro, yeah. when you a lot of the time people be people will be sad and, and depressed. And I'm and going to the gym is by no means a cure for depression. Yeah. But it can it, it helps a it lot. It can help treat it can yeah. help a lot. Um I think that people there are a lot of times when people might not feel like themselves or feel sad, and they, when going to the gym can help you feel just more confident. You more have com- a feeling yes. of accomplishment. That's bro. I be feeling like a superhero. <laughs> I be feeling like superhero, bro. <laughs> That's really the truth. Um, you have to do the hard things, bro. When you do the hard things, you have an easy life. If you do easy things, you have a hard life, and it's simply that. Like, um, 
I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be too quote heavy. No, but, but quote. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna drop it. That's um, what this podcast is about. So I, recently, I just started my internship, and during the onboarding process, they had us talking about like how to set your goals and how to make progress um, in your career and in your own personal life. And there was a quote. I believe it's Edgar Allan Poe, but he says, um, uh, "Like eat, eat a frog, uh, eat the frog." And it's like if you eat the eat a frog, a live frog in the morning then you've done like the hardest thing of your day like you know that the rest of the day is going to be easy mm-hmm. so truthfully what that is is like get up and do what you don't want to do but like you know whatever you need to do in order to make the rest of your day easier and that's really the truth like you have to get up and confront it instead of like trying to run from it and like your emotions are valid but you can't let them like control your actions like your emotions are indicators of like how something makes you feel so it's like okay this is more information to help me make an informed decision, but you can't make a decision based off of your emotions. Otherwise, you won't you won't ever go anywhere because you're not always going to feel like it. So that's really the truth. You have to use your emotions to make an informed decision. Um, so, so I know that this doesn't make me feel or I know that I don't necessarily enjoy doing this, but this is something that I need to do. We'll be like, okay, that's how I feel about it, but I know that this is what I need to do. So I'm still going to act on this is what I need to do. Bro, um, I resonate with everything you said so much. Like you, you really preaching to the choir. Right now, <laughs> I know, like, like for real. But I'm glad that you, we have like-minded individuals, and also that you have this platform where we can have conversations like this to share with everybody else. Bro, I think this is what this is what we need as a community, bro. Truthfully, it really feels like I'm connected to my purpose when I when I record episodes and just talk about the things that I've learned in my life and how they can help others. Um, I really resonate with the. If you do some, if you do the hardest thing first, the rest of the day will be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, I used to work at Safeway, bro, and my my store used to be pretty crazy. I worked at Ralph's, bro. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing, yeah, but the, the LA version. Yeah, and um, I Man. I bro, and that store that store was crazy, bro. One of the craziest stores in San Francisco, bro. Really, you, bro. The the theft was insane. Bro. Oh yeah, I be, I believe it. It was insane, bro, and. Every what, day. What was your your security? No, no, no. no. Okay, was, you just I was, I was okay. Just, like easily self checkout. Towards the end of it, I was a manager. But, yeah. But okay. Like, I was, that's yeah, what's up. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was usually at, at self checkout because that's what I like to do. Yeah. And I was I was good at it just because I I know how to talk to customers and everything. And self checkout was kind of like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a baby manager role, but it you, is. You in the front of the store and like my self checkout, you in the front of the store, so everybody need sees the keys for the liquor cabinet. Yeah, people yeah, need it. I know, yeah. bro. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I used to be running around, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I, I miss working there, bro. Just nah, it was the people, fun. The people I used to meet. But before every shift, I used to work the, the second shift, so from 2.45 to 11. Okay. And before I used to go, I used to work out. Because yeah. um, a lot of the people there, there will be some, sometimes there will be some crazy shit happening there, bro. Yeah. And every situation that happened in there, it never bothered me, bro. Because really? Because I feel like the hardest thing I had to do it was working out. I did that already. Yeah, I did that. So I feel you. for the rest of the day, I'm I'm calm, I'm cool, collected. I'm not letting my emotions guide me. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the truth. Nah, I, that's interesting. See, what I worked um, like five a.m. I would I would open and I worked um, the the online orders. So okay. people, you know, I go around so shop. You should bring the card out. Yeah, exactly. I get the <laughs> card out. But I'm starting in the morning, so I'd have to wake up at four to get in at five, mm-hmm. and then I would work. But I would listen. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast in the morning. There's nobody in the store, so I'm listening to my podcast while I'm shopping orders and stuff. 
And I feel like that's really when I started like my whole self-development journey. But um, I would go to the gym after I got off. So mm-hmm. like it would be like I would get off early, like 12 because I came in at five. Yeah. Get off at like 12, one. And then I would eat something and go to the gym. And then, yeah, that's just what I found that worked for me. But that was when I really started my gym journey because I was just like listening to the self-development and then after work, I was like, okay, now nah, like my day's not done. I still know that I have to do this, yeah. go to the gym and check that off the list. But I feel like definitely going in the next day, it, it's something about you sleep better at night when you went to the gym that day. You sleep better. And it's so like, obviously, obviously that like you are tired from exercising, but it's also the fact that like, bro, if I didn't do nothing else today, I went to the gym. Like I went to the gym. I got up and I was active and... In that time, it's not even about like what you're actually doing. Yes, it's good for your health, mm-hmm. but it's like it's just you 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 block out a time, you show up, and you give yourself that that time for your. I just let my thoughts run. Listen to music or listen to podcasts or whatever it is. But I feel like when I work out, my brain is so active. Like, yeah, <laughs> like bro, actually getting blood pumping through your through your through your brain, bro. Oh it's, yeah crazy bro a lot of my a lot of my best thoughts a lot of the time when i post something on instagram when i when i post something on instagram a lot of time it will be because i maybe just left the gym i just left the gym that's really what it is like i'm i am most bold with what i post on instagram right after the gym like i'll I'll post i'll post something like a a, a, like a political opinion that a lot of people might not agree with or people like oh wow like he really went at it on this one yeah that's when I, I really be the most like just active, bro. I feel you. Nah, that's really <laughs> that's really how it is. I feel like I be having my profound thoughts. I be so I take the I take the bus to the gym, and honestly, I enjoy that. Like I feel like um, when I have that time to I call it transitionary periods. You mm-hmm. know, when you're walking to the next place or whatever, you give your time your mind that time to transition into that that new setting and that thoughts. But it also helps you digest what you just came out of. So after leaving the gym, then I'd be having my thoughts, and that's when I go on the story, and that's when I'd be wanting to encourage and uplift people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, bro, you, you get a high from the gym too. It'd be that bro, dopamine. That dopamine. Yeah, bro, bro you want you want to know something? I feel like people don't do enough, bro. What during these transitionary periods that you just talked about? I feel like people don't sit along with themselves. That's what I was. Gonna, yes, enough. people people will always be, and there's nothing wrong with listening. To music when you're I blame AirPods, bro, bro. People, people don't sit up there and like. I know sometimes when I'm walking with my friends, like everybody will have their AirPods. Yeah, I'm like, bro, why are we, why, why are we not talking yeah, to each bro. other? Why are we not in our own thoughts? And I try my best to when I go somewhere. I don't. I'll bring my AirPods with me just just in case. I need to take a call, and whatever. Just, but I, I like to just sit bro, with be myself. Present. Yeah, be be present with my surrounding environment, Thanks. bro. Appreciating the journey, yo. I mean, yo, been in Bird. Why did dude? He was hooping with an AirPod, bro. I was like, wait, wait. Nah, I was finna sound old. Talking about this new generation, talk about it, bro. But I'm like, yo, yeah, we gotta put the AirPods down. Like, yes, you know, listen to your music, whatever. I'm not gonna lie, I be listening to sometimes when I'm on the yard walking in between classes. I'll have my AirPods in, but also I really do try to take my AirPods out and like just walk, like be around. Just think, and whatever, if you on your phone, that's cool too. But sometimes, you know, literally just walk. Let your thoughts run, you know. I feel like if you don't allow yourself to think, then sometimes you're not going to say your best things. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to run the tap <laughs> and clear out the dirty water. You actually need time to think, bro. And I think that's 
One, it's it's kind of interesting because college is supposed to be a place where you get exposed to a lot of new thoughts and stuff. Yeah. Like that. But sometimes I feel like I I haven't had enough time to actually think. Yeah. When I'm in college, because I'm always around my my friends, around my boys. So yeah. Um, they're not gonna consume the same information as I'm consuming. So they're not gonna think the same thing. So yeah. Usually, I'm talking about what kind of everybody. Wants yeah. To talk about. yeah. Instead of instead of being able to like filter out what I need to learn and talk about, bro. And I think that. Having that time alone and giving yourself the time to, to just think yes. is so important to to actually being able to to preach what you what you have come to understand about life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let me write this down. I mean, let me show you because I wrote it down. Okay. Um, first, I'm going to say, you said uh, giving yourself that time to think. Personally, there'll be times like if I'm hanging out with my friends or just going out too consistent, like I'm not going to lie, homecoming. Sometimes it just be a blur, like blur, because, because like I need time to sit down and digest like the twelve hours that just happened or mm-hmm. whatever else, and I feel like I don't have mental clarity. Like it's just loud in my head when I don't have that time to decompress. It's but, just loud, bro. Yes. Also, okay, let me pull up these notes, right? So, okay. this I was reading um, how successful people think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a man. Let me see. Allow your emotions take on. Um. Okay. So one of the things is how to become a better thinker. Um, I don't know what the time period was and exactly the po- the position of this man. So I might get it wrong. But the the author of the book said that he was talking with somebody like CEO, CFO at Chick Fil A or something like that. And he was like, um, how important do you think thinking is or giving yourself time to think is? Um, and he was just like, I like take uh, one day out of the week to think. I take one uh, week out of the month and I take like three weeks out of the year to just have my thinking time. So literally he'll do nothing but sit there, have pen and, pen and paper or whatever. Like he's like, today I'm not doing anything like I'm just going to think. And um, essentially what that is, is that's choosing to think good thoughts. Like you have to practice thinking and practice thinking positively. And so essentially what that is, is that's his thinking schedule. But if you think the CFO of Chick-fil-A is like setting, setting aside days out of his year just to think, how important do you think practicing thinking is? So that was just something that really just blew my mind because I'm like, wow, this man is setting aside like days out of his life to think. To focus on thinking and thinking better so bro that's 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 great <laughs> yeah that's that's some great game bro I, yeah i really think i know i need to incorporate that in my life yeah um just because giving yourself the people aren't really underestimate how like we we always think just as just being just being humans we're always thinking you know yeah whenever but a lot of time people really don't actually think no, bro. and I, you gotta be by yourself <laughs> yes. bro Solitude yes, is important, very bro. Important. It's one of the most important things that that I feel like people neglect. People are always need. People always need to to call somebody, talk on yeah. the phone with somebody, sit on the phone for hours doing nothing. You know, I think we really need to just devote time to ourselves. And I feel like something that's really good for us is journaling. Yeah, journaling is yes. really important. I need to get back on it. I feel like yeah. In in, in my post Howard journey, I'm really gonna start journaling more. Like yeah, have time to myself because I know that. When I'm kind of around other people, kind of it kind of gets me off of my off of my flow. I feel you off of my flow. It's man. like 
Yeah, like you, you can kind of like you know sometimes like go off on a tangent and whatnot because like when you don't have that alone time, then um, you don't really know yourself or you forget yourself. You bro, know what you I mean? So ex- it'd be like you. Oh my god, Makai! If you, <laughs> if, oh you sp- god. if you spend so much time away from like who you are or like you who you are trying to be, then you will start to become more of whatever it is you're doing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Bro. We dropping gyms today. I'm not. Oh, I'm just like, bro, going you, crazy. You, 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 you lose yourself. You bro, do because people tend to forget. I say this a lot, bro. We are a product of our environment, bro. Yeah. What, whatever you're around is what you gonna think, bro. So if you not, if you not feeding yourself the information that you want to feed yourself, the information that you're gonna find yourself, other people is gonna put information into you. Which is why I feel like getting off Instagram. Is important. Just getting on social media, period, because it's a lot of it's a lot of brain rot. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of a lot of brain rot content. Things that you you learn and stuff, but it's not it's not conducive to your success. Yeah, person. And so here's what I'm gonna say. I'm I'm selfish with my time because. So this really started when I was like just transitioning. Like I'm leaving home, but I really have friends that I care about at home. But now I'm what two thousand whatever miles away. Bro, I, I know you about to preach right now. <laughs> the, the truth is, like, it's it's the intention behind your actions. Like, you can say all that you want to do something. Like, you want to do this. Like, I really want. I want. But there's a difference between want and will. If you are intentional about your relationship, if you are intentional about showing up and being present for your friends and the people that you say that you care about then you it'll show through your actions because you know what i apologize i haven't called you but i did want to let you know that i was thinking about you i've been busy blah 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 it's as simple as like you know sending that message and that's where i drop the ball sometimes but the 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 key takeaway is like if you say that you want to be friends with somebody or you say you want to do this then it's the intention behind it because you're not going to get it right all the time you're not going to be perfect Mm -hmm. but if you are showing up how you say you are i'll see it in your actions so that intention is what's the most important thing about everything because like we're not perfect and like i said i i i give people a lot of grace because i know i'm flawed myself so it's like I don't care if you messed up. That's that's okay. I I, I might have messed up myself, and I hope that you forgive me the same way. Mm-hmm. But are you being intentional about trying to uh, mend the the wound, or being intentional about your actions? Like I really didn't mean for this to happen. I was trying with like with my best intention. Mm-hmm. So yeah, truthfully, I just believe it's just all about your intention behind what you're doing. Um, yeah, but Bro. truthfully, you do have to be—you have to be mindful of your of how you impact others with your intention, also. Exactly. So I think that's a something that I need to work on a lot in my life. Um, you know, we're young. That's we're, also what I'm gonna say, and I, it, it takes time. So that that is one of those things that it's definitely challenging. Yeah, bro, and I think that, dude, us being away, being so far away from where we're actually from, like, yeah, I think that there are a lot of barriers that kind of hurt um communication between me and my friends back yeah home, you know three hour time difference bro three hours is a big difference <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of time, time yeah bro. like the difference in what you're doing at four o'clock versus seven Except is effects. different bro you're at four o'clock you're, you're down in the middle of the day you're yeah. on the seven a.m that's at seven p.m you're kind of like winding down a little bro bit. like three and six it's like i'm out of work and you still like midday yeah so. um i think that i could work on a lot just hitting hitting my friends up more 
Cause yeah. I know for the people in my life, they they know it's all it's all love. But sometimes I feel like I get so caught up in in being busy and and grinding and hanging out with my friends out here. Um, I kind of I I'll neglect some of my people. From yeah, definitely. Home a little more, a lot more than I should, and I and I be feeling bad, bro. Yeah. But I just I just kind of hope that they understand that that it's all it's all love. You yeah. Know? Because for me, being around my my Howard friends, this is such a temporary experience it know? is it's so temporary yeah and i've tried to i like i like to stay present, present in the yeah. moment that i'm in because i know my friends from back home you know they they gonna be there truthfully i i i know they gonna be there like home is always gonna be home i'm always gonna go back there you know yeah but my especially our bro you bro we got friends from everywhere in the country here bro like, yeah yeah i mean you've seen it now like, a lot of our friends have graduated um, yeah we're 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 going to different places yeah um, you got friends in minnesota texas cali bro, new washington york, new houston york. Like, yeah bro florida like yeah I mean, that's what i love about howard is being able to know people from all across the diaspora bro. yeah it's a beautiful thing it's interesting though because when i first came to howard it's like you see how many different types of like black people there are, and it's funny because they're like people just think that black is black, but it's Bruh. like yo, that is that one that's not true, but two, also it's funny to see that we all share the same experience of being black in America. Mm-hmm. So then, being that we are different from different places, like wow, you're different. You do this, I don't do that. You talk like this, whatever. But we all black in America, and then you come to Howard, and this is like a shared safe space. It's really just like fun and interesting to see how that dynamic works. It's a it's a safe space, bro. I that's one of the best ways to describe it, bro. I, but I think that one of the cool things about Howard is that when I'm here, I don't think about my race in the same way that I think about it when I'm out in the world. I'm like when I'm walking out in the world, I'm thinking like I'm conscious that I'm a, that I'm a black man. Yes, you know? and people gonna look at me a certain a certain right. way, you know. When I'm at Howard, I'm 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 just I'm just a man. Excuse me, and don't quote me on this, but it's a safe space to be a nigga, bro. Like growing up, dad said, "Don't wear that do rag out, bro. You're not supposed to be wearing that tank top, whatever." And and it's not even like these are things that I want to do, but the fact that I don't have to worry about being judged or stereotyped because <laughs> we different culturally yeah like it's just a safe space to be you and be black and you also it helps you develop in your your blackness like you know what i mean like you become more authentically you authentically because you. like become who you are because being african-american is really like it's it's an interesting experience like you know yeah just growing up and living in integrated societies and whatnot so yeah like you're you you go through identity changes because based upon your environment truthfully mm-hmm. but being able to come to howard really allows you to as you're stepping into being a young adult or going to a hbcu period um as you step into that period of you you know transition being a young adult and becoming independent taking care of yourself mm-hmm. it's important to know who you are culturally and so when you are able to exercise that and experience different different aspects of that, you are able to be more authentically you. Bro, what you're saying is some of the truest <laughs> Yeah. Bro. Like, I think coming to Howard was one of the best decisions of my life. Cause Truthfully. It helped me get back to who I really yeah. am. It, even even when during during the pandemic, 
not being at Howard, I think that still being in the Howard space, you know, social media, Twitter, yeah. whatever, like, it, it, it kind of subconsciously still made me kind of do, because, like, bro, when you go to Howard, especially when you're on the West Coast, you really... You're. It's not a lot of us over there, it's bro. Not, so yeah. you really, you really repping it. Yeah, you're exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I go yeah, to Howard. Yeah. I know you was at Rob's. You was telling people. Yeah, yeah I go to Howard. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was there. You know. Yeah. And it's like. So there's something. There's like a sense of duty and responsibility that comes with yeah. it, and also like, and that's that's outside of it. When I'm inside, bro, compared to who I was in high school, um, I'll say that I was a lot more. A lot more. I'm a lot more who I am, now. and like all my interests and everything, oh, everything yeah. that I actually like to do and talk about and be the person that I want to be. It's 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 it, it's it was shaped and molded here. And I'm not saying that I wasn't me in high school. Like you, your personality is your personality. So yeah, like, a lot of the stuff is gonna is gonna is gonna stay the same. Like, but I got to actually dive dive in deeper to exactly. who I am. Like for me personally, I'll say that things like reading, um, just Caring, caring about others are things that became so much more accentuated, if that's the right word, um, at while, while I've been at Howard. Bro. Yeah. And I think that I will, I will always love, my experience here is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Because when I was in high school, I was an athlete and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I put up so, so much of my identity was, was, through, oh, yeah. was through football, you know. And and I, I, knew I, I knew I was smart, like. Especially when when it came to history, I was getting fifty other fifty dollars. Yeah, so I wasn't even studying. For it. <laughs> yeah, and they was like, "Damn, Josiah, you, you a prodigy." <laughs> yeah, but what I didn't know then versus what I know now is that if you want to be the greatest at something, you got to put in the work that nobody else is willing to put in. Yeah, and in high school, I feel like I rested on my laurels, mm-hmm. and I was I was so naturally gifted in what I knew. I didn't put in the extra work. <laughs> Instead, of, I didn't actually test myself. Yo. It's so funny. I feel like, bro, we live the same life because that's how it was. Like, I knew I was smart and things would kind of come easy and I feel like things would just happen for me. So I, you get to a certain point where it's like you have an expectation and maybe even a little bit of entitlement based upon the things that you know have worked for you mm-hmm. that things are going to happen. And then you get to a point where you step into adulthood where you're like, okay, well, it's not just kind of like falling into my lap as easy as it was. And I, I do want to be up there. Like, I enjoy being that and I enjoy being great at what I what I enjoy, yeah. what my passion is. But it's not coming out the same. You're like, wow, I realize I have to work for it and I have to show up. That's really what makes the difference. I have to show up. I have <laughs> to. Because you, you see, in, when you come to a place like Howard, you see everybody else putting that type of work. You see people showing oh. up, joining all these clubs, like organizations like they have they had a plan they got a plan like they know what they want to do yo you could bro you could be taking seven classes at howard and have all a's in those classes and still feel like you're not doing enough bro bro i know people that are out like joining orgs uh running clubs you know like just like their hands are actively they have active involvement in a whole bunch of things and i feel like seeing that is really important now don't don't compare yourself because everybody's life is different, everybody's journey is different, everybody's pace is different. That's very important. But when you look at other people, I feel like instead of being jealous, be inspired. That's be inspired. truthfully what it is. That's because it is. if you think that somebody's lame and you're like, they're lame, they don't deserve that, why do they, whatever, then you should flip it and look at it as like, wow, I don't think that, I think that I'm a cool person. And people find this this person cool and entertaining, and they can do it, then I definitely can do it. You don't have to put the other person down. You could just see, you know, you have your own opinion, and you'd be like, you know what? If they can do it, so can I. But I think that that's important to see other people doing things that um, 
that you haven't done or thought about doing. So it's it's essentially the iron sharpens iron. Like mm-hmm. when you see other people doing things, you're like, okay, you know, I need to do this. Like they say that you are your like closest five friends. You know, yeah. if your friends aren't challenging themselves, then y'all probably all doing the same thing. Yeah. So I feel like that's that's very important, and I think that's why it's good to be immersed in an environment like Howard or HBCU when you are stepping and transitioning into that period as a young adult. Bro, it's so. It's so it's so important, bro. And I, I, I tell everybody, every black person who I know, like even even there's like after we graduated, there is like a, um, a newspaper that the Afro the Afro American News. Yeah. That they was interviewing us. Um, I need I need to post an interview somewhere. Yeah. It was like it was like five minutes, but it was, yeah. I was I was speaking my shit. Up yeah. I was, really, I was like, I got this platform. I'm I'm gonna say what people need to hear. Yeah. And one of the things I was biggest biggest advocate for was black people going to HBCU. Yeah. It's so much more important than I think people realize because yeah. I think, especially us being from the West Coast, we don't understand the importance of of, of unity as much as maybe Black people in the East Coast or the East, South. Yeah. Where, where's, East, where's a South. lot more, where's yeah. a lot more concentrations of Black exactly. people? Exactly. You know? They take HBCUs a little more for granted. Exactly. Than we do, and I and and I think they take it for granted in a different way than we take it for granted. Exactly. Um, they take it from a granted from the from from the standpoint of abundance. We take it from the stand. We take it for granted from the standpoint of like, all right, we don't really know about it. So exactly. It's, not, it's, it's like okay, it's just all black. Yeah, all my life, it. I thought I was going to UCLA. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to UCLA, UCLA, whatever. And once it came, once my brother went to Howard, then I was like, okay, I'm coming to Howard. <laughs> Bro, it's, um, this experience is just life changing for me because before coming here, I never knew how important going to HBCU was, so. bro. And I'm I really I feel so lucky and blessed that I'm that I came here because I didn't think based off my grades in high school like my grades was wasn't bad but it, yeah. was, it was pretty pretty average bro I'm, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say average but above average. I had like a three point two three point yeah. three it's people here who had four point high school yeah, in high school people here who bro yeah people here who had three point eight and got denied bro yo that's the crazy part that's the crazy part. Yeah, cause I I had like a three point six, and really like I look better on paper. Well, I'm no, I I think that I'm I'm better in person than I am on paper. Me too. That's but I was saying. able to look good on paper for this for the application. I I scrapped it together, which is really what got me in. Cause really? there was people that I know that had better grades than me that didn't get in, and I felt like. I felt a little guilty at first. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, like you know. But you know, what's for you won't pass you. You know, nice. you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, but yeah. Bro, I think that, although I don't think my, I had the, my grades weren't as good compared to others who, who didn't get in, I have never felt like I haven't deserved to be here. Yeah, also like, that. I, I, I haven't, I've always felt like I, I, I deserve <laughs> to, to be amongst these people. I yeah. think that, um, my, something that really helped me get in, I feel like, was my, uh, my uh, essay. Yeah. I think, I think that whoever was looking at it was like, okay, he actually cares. He's 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 smart. You yeah. Know? He's, and I think that sometimes that's why I feel like GPA isn't always the, the biggest oh, indicator of intelligence. I think me and my friend Jamal, we talked about this the other day. Like it's an it's an indicator, but it's not the indicator it's that people not. try to act like. Because it's like if you're if if you got like a one point five, like one point nine, it's like okay, you just aren't trying. Yeah, you, you you aren't trying, and I feel like there's there's a level of intelligence that that comes with not trying. It's like okay, if you you need to like it's 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 dumb for you to not try, especially when you pay all this money. Yeah, to 
to go to school and everything. It, it doesn't make sense. And that's, bro, That's that goes back to intention. I don't care if you mess up. Like, literally, I don't care if you fail that test. If you got a zero out of a thousand, it doesn't matter. Did you study? Did you show up on time? Did you bring pencils? That is the intention behind, like, did you try to pass? Yeah. That's it. Bro, it's okay if you mess up, but did you it's try? Okay. Literally, did you try? And that's the thing. <laughs> people, a lot of enough people don't, don't really try. Yeah. Or, even, or even know what works best for them. I... Uh, one thing that's hard nowadays is kind of like the instant gratification of like social media, but also just how fast things move because I feel like I don't know where it comes from, but this is one thing that I've been trying to like analyze about society and our culture, especially our like age and demographic. Um, there is a certain lack of like accountability and it's person to person. But, and I think this is, this is just everybody though. Everybody it's, it's discipline, but this is, this is a, there's a certain level of like ignorance around like accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like nowadays we do give emotions too much credibility. Too much. Because I understand. Too much. I understand how you feel. Like I get that your like your feelings are valid. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bust y'all with a quote. And please listen. Don't let this go over your head. They say emotions are great servants but horrible masters. And I had mentioned I had touched on this mm, earlier. Oh man! Oh, your servant running to tell you, you know, oh, I'm angry. We don't like this. Like this person just talked to us this way. I don't like this. This is, makes me feel mad, right? Don't let that emotion make that decision. Now I'm mad, angry. I'm just gonna go off on you. That's when you say, okay, thank you for letting me know that I don't like the way this made me feel. Then you use your brain to make an informed decision and say. I'm be honest with you. I don't appreciate the way that you just talked to me right mm-hmm. now. So the thing is, I feel like people are are too can be too emotional, and there's a connection between like the instant gratification of people feeling like this is how I um th- like life will can continue to work for you. You know, mm-hmm. like it can continue to go on, but this is not necessarily the best quality of life you can live. Yeah. So if things continue to work for you and you you get by and it works, then you're not gonna change. And so I feel like. Um, um, I'm talking about the the accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where people struggle with, you know, holding themselves to a certain standard because they're like, "This is the way I am," or like, "This is how things are," and that's just how it's gonna be. Instead of being accountable and challenging themselves to be better, do better, be better, do better. You know, I kind of said a lot. That was kind of you know, and I think it all but, it all goes into the whole um, aspect of discipline. Um, yeah, and, then, and a lot of that, a lot of those principles that you're talking about do come from going to the gym. You know, yeah, holding yourself accountable to to something. You know, you, you said you was gonna do this today. Do it. Do it. You <laughs> know, um, like that's you know, as a man, like you gotta, if if you wanna, if you want others to respect you, you must respect yourself. If if you want other people to keep it hundred with you, you gotta keep it hundred with yourself. Bro. And so, bro, here's one thing that I'm gonna say too, and that's when I realized, like, and the self respect is like. Having that, like, you know how if somebody tells you you have a deadline, I need this by this day, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna break your back to make sure you get it in. Mm-hmm. But you tell yourself like, I'm gonna save three hundred dollars by the end of the month, and then the end of the month comes and you're like, ah, well, I saved one seventy. It's like, why don't you respect yourself the same way you respect someone else? But this is one thing that I said. Um, I just kind of came up with this quote of like, you know, people are like goals. <laughs> this is actually after the gym. I'm walking my transitionary mm-hmm. period. I'm walking, and I was just like. 
because I'm, I'm struggling with consistency myself and like trying to transition into this new chapter of my life. And I'm like, okay, I have to turn up the intensity and go harder. I realized like what I was doing before is good, but I have to go harder. And the truth is like your goals are like people. Uh, you have to respect what your goals ask of you. Otherwise, they won't want to come around you. You know, if 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 being a millionaire requires that you wake up at 5 a.m. every day to start your day and start just to get ahead or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't do that, then why is the goal going to come around if you're not meeting him in the middle? Like, you know, it's like, if you're not showing up here, then why why would a goal want to come around? Bro. So you have to respect what they ask of you. And you can't be like, ah, like... I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to go to the gym today and then be mad when you're not big. It's like you didn't go. You have to respect that wish of the goal. So it's just really about how you treat your, you know, your relationships with your yeah. goals and yourself. Bro, that's, important. that's the importance of accountability. I think yes. people, people complain a lot about why they're not doing this. First thing when people complain, I'll be like, okay, like, why aren't you doing that then? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's. <laughs> If you complain, you stay the same. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. If, if you complain, you stay the same, bro. bro. Nothing, literally nothing changes if nothing changes. Like, nothing changes like, nothing <laughs> changes, bro. It's, it's simple, <laughs> like, but it's so it's, real, bro. Bro. Yeah. And I, yeah. And that's why I look, I don't, I don't blame people because everybody starts their journey at their own time. But the truth is, bro, like, I don't, if I drop the ball and I don't make something happen, I literally don't even allow myself to make an excuse because I was a couple minutes late coming over here and I'm really trying to work on being punctual. That's one thing that I struggle with as like, you know, going into a professional setting That's something I want and, to change, and being bro. a man, bro, as a man, a gentleman, like you're on time, you're punctual, you're punctual. Malcolm X said you got to be on time. You know what I'm saying? You know, like... So I was a couple minutes late and so I left the house, right? It was like 12.55 said be here at one. I told you I'm on my way. And I'm trying to unlock a scooter. I'm trying to unlock the bike. The bike isn't working. The scooter's dead. So I'm having to walk around or whatever. And I was on my way. I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, damn, it's 106. And I was just like, I'll be like, ah, well, I was a little late because um, the bike and the scooter. But I was like, bro, like, it's an excuse. I don't even allow myself to, I try not to allow myself to make excuses anymore because it's like, it's literally like the best excuse for you, the best, no, the worst excuse is a good excuse because it's, it works. You believe it. You and know you, what I mean? You, you keep doing exactly. it. Exactly. You keep making excuses for So it's just like, yourself. you have to, you can't even have that, that, that thought, that dialogue. You have to be like, no, like it's literally just an excuse. Like if I wanted to get here on time, I would have left 10 minutes earlier because I, I would have been like, I can't, you know what I mean? So it, Yeah. Bro, this is this is gonna be a life conversation for <laughs> yeah. somebody who's listening, bro. And I apologize to to the audience if some of my thoughts might not have been so cohesive, but I hope you can you know take pieces out of there, the gems of what I'm saying. They gonna understand, bro. Like, well, let's kind of continue what you were saying. I feel like for me, people who know me know that like I'm not always the best person with being on time, bro. Yeah, and that's something that I really really <laughs> want to change, bro. Yeah, because some I hate when other people. Are, are late yeah. with me, you know? Like, I, I, yeah. I, hate, I hate waiting on people. Exactly. And But I can't request. I can't, I can't request exactly. of you if, <laughs> if, 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 if I don't do myself. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't tell anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. I think that's one, that, that's that's an important trait that a leader needs to have, you know? Ask nothing of others that you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah. And I, that's something I really want to work on, bro. And I, when you're saying, we talk about excuses and stuff, mm-hmm. like that. Every time I've been late, I've, I've made so many excuses, yeah. bro. Like, oftentimes, like, before, and when I was working in Safeway, a lot of times I would be late t- 
to work because I would I need I would need to get my workout in. Before. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah. need to get my workout in. You know, it's it's, it's that refractory period after yeah. you work out to where you know you you, you got to take a shower. Exactly, you know, all of that. You, change, you drink your protein. Dry. You, know, <laughs> you got to make the protein you, shake. You know, like all that, the like, drive, all that stuff. And I used to make a lot of excuses for myself, but something that I need to work on is just getting somewhere, being fine with getting somewhere early and just waiting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and honestly. I realize that that's important because it gives you more time to get acclimated and be like more comfortable in a space. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally like, you know, you're showing up early, like just giving yourself five more minutes to take in your environment or whatever might just help you because it is that transitionary period. It's another thing of adjusting into the next space. So it's like if you're coming in and stuff has already started, so you're late. Now you're like, oh, where do I sit? Dang, where do where do people get the pamph- pamphlets from? And now I'm whatever. So if I'm five minutes early, then I can allow myself to be like, okay, they got water and drinks over there. And then I go over here, grab my, you know, this is my seating. And then having that time, you can be your best self and you can be intentional because you're not like, trying to play catch up or you're not behind and bro, you know you step behind bro. thinking about what everybody else is thinking you yeah. on the same page when you you know so you're on the same page and you can actually think about it before because there is a class i took this past semester it's mm-hmm. called black philosophy with um mm-hmm. dr mario Beatty. one of the best classes i've taken really? in Howard, and i feel like any howard student regardless if you ever make it any really majors to take that bro the, the class was just kind of about it was about religion okay um, and then kind of like where the origins of religion and where that's really something i have a question about Bro, yeah, bro. I, I, you, you can ask me, bro. But that class, I usually I haven't been. I haven't throughout throughout my college experience. I haven't been the best at getting to class on time. Yeah, I'll get to classes late and stuff like that. And for this class, my my professor was talking about so much stuff. I needed to get to class at nine forty. Yeah, because if I got to class at nine fifty, nine forty seven. I was going to be behind and I'm trying to catch up exactly. for the rest of the class trying to understand how he got here and and I think that as we get older and in the world like we need we got to start getting in places on time because the, the people who were there before the people who got there on time the people who was there before got it, they was able to maybe if there's a pamphlet at an event they was able to read the pamphlet before they was able to get an understanding just of what's Facts. going on and we if, if if you get there five minutes late, you 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 trying to read the plan the pamphlet and listen to what the speaker is saying. Yeah, you you you're, you're behind. Yeah, exactly. Bro. So I'm gonna say that's coming from the perspective of like making sure that you yourself are in the best position to take advantage of an opportunity. But I'm gonna uh, challenge you and say like coming from the other perspective of just like having respect for yourself of saying you want to do something and showing up, and then having respect for somebody else for giving up their time to mm-hmm. to share this with you. That's really one thing that I, I feel like is important because I had I was in the same situation. I had an 8 a.m. class, but it was my favorite, the, my, the best professor. Um, what class? Her name, uh, it was entrepreneurship. Okay. And um, shout, out to, shout out to Dr. <laughs> Dr. Bureau. She's a great professor. And um, when I saw how much effort she was investing to give back into us and on, the honest, like the knowledge, the gems, everything that she was providing us, it was like, okay, I have to show up out of consideration that she's making her best effort. That's one thing at Howard, not every professor, not every class is equal. Not every professor is going to show that same amount of effort or like make sure that you actually take something away from the course. So when I was in that class, I was like, yo, I don't care, bro. Like 
And what was nice too is I didn't have, that was the only class I had that day. So it's like, I literally just have to wake up at 8 a.m. And then the rest of the day I can work, sleep, whatever else. Whatever I need to do, but I need to be there. So that's why I was like, okay, bro, tell myself, I set set my alarm, set my phone across the room so that I have to get out of my bed to turn the alarm off. That's something, yeah, (laughs) that's something I was doing last time so I can just wake up. It's like, I got to get out of the bed. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, once you get up, you go to this class, you be attentive, you know, and you show the respect for the professor then yeah so yeah you I, yeah showing up to take advantage of the opportunity but also you know having respect for those that are willing to give day time to improve you improve yeah your bro, just i think that even something another thing i was made with i took my grad pictures like last week mm-hmm. or not yeah that earlier earlier this week and um I was I was kind of late, bro, because I have to go deposit some, some money in the bank, yeah. and stuff like that. And it was just excuses, bro. Yeah. Like, and like it was, just, bro. I was just making so many excuses, and I felt I was mad at myself because like, bless you. But like I was making so many excuses, and like um, that's that's just something that I really need. Cause I just want to work on. <laughs> yeah, you know what the truth is, that it comes from not, bro. It's all about when you start because you think it, the truth is it comes from not feeling like doing it, so. Sometimes, bro, it takes you two, three hours to get out of bed. Like, we're like, if I'm being honest, bro, on like some Saturdays, it might take me two, three hours to get out of not three hours is crazy, but like two hours to get out of bed because I don't feel like it. Like, I had a long week, I'm tired, I want to relax. It takes me so long to start my day, but that's where you have to turn that voice out of like, I don't, it's not about feeling like it because it, when you take two hours to start your day instead of one hour then now you're trying to rush to catch up and do everything else. Bro. And so that's why you just, everything naturally, fall, you fall behind schedule. Like, if you didn't leave the house when you were supposed to, now you're not going to catch that train. Mm-hmm. Now you missed that train. Now you missing, you know, 20 minutes late to pick up your food before yeah. your meeting. So whatever it is, it's, it's literally just like, bro, you just have to get up and do it. That's why you can't think. You, I mean, you have to think, but you can't feel. Like, you, like you, you can't feel. Be mindful bro. of your emotions, but you... It's not about like I feel like doing it. Like it's about it needs to be done. It need it needs to, it be, needs done, to be done. Bro. Even for me, like on this day specifically, I I could have like I woke up at like at like eleven because you know we was out yesterday. Yeah, facts. And and I could have got up earlier, bro. Yeah, I I, I could have. <laughs> Yo, I I, I could have got up earlier, bro. And now there are things that I got to do after this episode that that I could that I could have did earlier if I if I, I did it. I'm being honest. I didn't go to the gym today. I said I was gonna go yes, to the gym. Bro. I said I was gonna go to the gym before the podcast, and I did it. I, so I wanted I, to do the same thing. I wanted so to do it before. Now I gotta because I wanted to sleep in, and so now I gotta go after. But you know, it still needs to be done. But you see how it affects your schedule, and it's just like, yeah, bro. I was like, bro, I'll be scrambling when I when I start my day later than anticipated. I'll be scrambling at like five, six, seven. Doing the activities that would have been at, at like two, three, four. Exactly. If I had got up, if I got up at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, that that day, I could have, I would have, every, I would have been done way earlier. And I think that sometimes I'll always be focused on trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. If I just, if I just did it earlier, I would have the rest of the day to, it, to do whatever. It affects your sense of presence. Because you're thinking about what you should have done and what needs to be done. Yes. And then it doesn't allow you to enjoy your moment when it's like, okay, well, I was supposed to go to the gym today, but I woke up late and I'm going to hang out with my friend and I'm, we're going to go out to brunch or oh whatever. And you guys can go have fun and talk or whatever, but it's still, the, you know, I know I had to do this. And it's, it's like it doesn't allow you to be as present, which is, and I feel like that doesn't allow you to be your best self. 
because then you're like, you know, you can't enjoy the moment. You can't laugh and joke as much as you want to because you're like, damn, I got to do this when I get home. So, bro, literally, bro, I think that 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 is so true, bro, because there are a lot of times when I I catch myself having to sacrifice. All right, do I want to experience this life moment or do I want to go to the gym? Yeah, because I could I should have went to the gym earlier because by the time it's like it's like four, five, six. Your friends are maybe free, you know, they're, they're yeah. hanging out, but I haven't gone to the gym yet. Yeah. So now in order, cause like, I know I'm not going to see this friend for a little while. I end up, I end up not going to the gym because yeah. I want to hang out with this friend or do this activity with this group of people who I, who I might not be able to be in a group with again, bro. And I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's just, you got to do it earlier. You, yeah. you gotta, you gotta start your day earlier, bro. Like, um, one of the things, one of something that Larry Jones said, bro, like when he, when his music. He's, he wakes up at 6, and he only works on it three hours a day. He works, he starts, he wakes up at 6, does it to 9. rest of the day, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And that's something that I want to incorporate in my life in some way. Like, everything I need to do, and he does it every day, so he's consistent. Yeah. He, he says, like, you ain't got to put in all these hours. Oh, you ain't got to put in 10 hours a yeah. day, bro. You right. just, you just got to stay, you just got to put in your consistent three yeah. every day, and it adds up, bro. Yeah. It builds up, bro. And I think that's something where a lot of people fail where a lot of people get burned out yeah you yeah know, you, you 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 spend all these hours every day you don't have time to actually think think and i <laughs> it's funny ai said we talk about practice the most important thing literally is practice because and this goes to being in this goes into being insecure about anything because the truth is when you're insecure about something it's like you haven't you haven't confronted it. And so if you aren't confident in your ability, that means you aren't practicing it enough. You have to show up and to the point where it becomes second nature. Like, I don't even have to think about this because it's not even the fact that like, oh yeah, look at me, I can rap for 10 minutes. It's the fact that I've <laughs> I've rapped for years. Like, I know how to do this yeah. because I've practiced it. So that's why I'm so confident in doing it for 10 minutes. So it's like, if you aren't practicing, it's exactly that. It's literally just practice. That's why practice is so important. It's more important like than a performance. It's about what you don't see because that's where that's where you mess up and allow yourself to get it right. Facts, bro. I just think it's about just, just doing it, bro. Doing it, yeah. You just got to do it, bro. Gotta, we, yeah. we let fear guide us so much. Too much. Decisions, bro. Like, and that's where social media is. That's why you have to take those breaks. Because when you care too much about what your peers think, then you're going to be like, ah... Yeah, I've been seeing this this TikTok trend where it's talking about like this bro said <laughs> he said my aunt want me to post my missing cousin, but I can't do that because it's gonna mess up my mysterious vibe that I got on social media. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, I know that it's a joke, but they'll be like, bro, like uh, when you trying to hold up your mysterious vibe so you can't like her story or whatever. I think all of that is so corny and so like it's funny. It's a funny joke, but like, bro, don't be like that. Like you really have to, you have to take your your breaks from social media so you can be your person and don't take it so seriously. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's nah, just a funny thought. No, no, it's just real though. I think people get so caught up in trying to portray an image online. Yeah. Um, that they that I I don't. What what do you think is the what do you think is the the result of trying to portray that image online? Acceptance. It's like you know being socially accepted. Like people want to. 
John Moran feels like he has to wave a gun on Instagram to so people think, don't try me. Don't try me means, oh, like, he's not some you know, he's not somebody to play with, so that means I need to respect him. Or he he's gonna do something different, whatever. Like, that's essentially what it is. So when you when you have a, a facade or some kind of like appearance of Oh, don't try me or whatever. Then it shows. I don't even know, bro. Like, I, I really don't understand it because, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to be hard all the time. I don't want to. I don't want to have to flex yeah. and act like a tough guy, bro. Shoot, I like watching movies, bro. I like chilling and being cool. Like, I don't. I don't know what it is. I'd be a nerd about things, but people, we that that's tiring. That's exhausting. I feel like when you have to do that. Those are the people that don't sit with themselves, truthfully. Because it's like, that's not an original thought. And here's one thing that I think that that's really, really interesting. Like, there's only one of you. Mm-hmm. No matter, like, there can be somebody similar to you. It can be somebody, like, whatever. There's only one of you. So if you try to, like, if I try to be little Baby, who do you think is going to be a better little Baby? little Baby. Why don't I just try and be me? Because who can be a better me than me? And that takes a certain level of security, but that comes from self-reflection. It's it's not even like I'm a I'm I'm such a great person, I'm better than everybody, so that's I'm the only person that can say this. You can say this about yourself too when you take that time to sit with yourself and be like, you know what? I love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm cool. I, I am cool. I don't have to do this or f- follow these societal norms to be accepted. And I feel like I don't care what my what my children do, I don't care whatever, bro. As long as you can think critically, because when you can make an informed decision, then I, I don't I'm not worried. Like, you know, you're going to make a decision off your best judgment. So. Yeah. Bro, that's 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 great, bro. Just the whole aspect of just thinking critically. Do you, do you think that in our society, people don't critically think as much as they could? Yes, bro. And I'm going to tell you again, the book, How Successful People Think, the quote from there. What did he say? I'm, I'm going to say the quote first, and I'm going to tell you who said the quote. The okay. quote is, what luck for rulers that men do not think. And then you want to know who said the quote? Who? Adolf Hitler. I had a feeling about <laughs> Hitler, bro. I, sw- I had a, I had a feeling. Yo, like, I swear to I, so feel, I had a feeling about How crazy Hitler, is it that Hitler says, what luck for rulers that men do not think, and we know all of, all of what, what he did historically. So that's the thing, bro. If you're not thinking critically, then you're going to feel like you need to wave a gun around on Instagram Live and play yourself out of millions of dollars. And I don't look. Listen, I'm not trying to fault John Morant. I hope he learns his lesson, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here and condone that behavior, me personally. Right. So that's really the truth, bro. Think, bro. Think. Bro, I think How is this going to affect my legacy? <laughs> bro, I think even when you, when you apply that, that quote to like what Hitler actually did, I feel like what luck the quote is what luck it is for rulers that men do not think he was able to to bring millions to of, do horrible of, things to do horrible things because they just wasn't really thinking bro nobody thought about it cuz cuz people were so dragged by their emotions they were dragged they they was they was so mad that they got that they got their ass beat one yeah. one you know they was then they were sad you know they their everything was kind of failing they wanted something to believe in so when when you have somebody preaching whatever you want to hear, then you you can drag people to do horrible things, bro. And it, yeah, and it, it's just interesting to see that like that was only like 80, 80 years ago within the lifetimes of people who are still alive today, bro. Yeah, and and that's why also it's that's why it's so important to be mindful of what you consume. Like right. you have to take those breaks from social media, bro. Be like, 
Yo, I follow No Jumper because they used to be like a music page. I mean, not even really. Like, you know, they just interview artists and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, they're turning into a new shade room. And I feel like I got to unfollow them because it's just like, yo, like, this is what you, you just see certain posts, some blue face, Krishan rock or something. And it's like, literally, what does this have to do with anything? Why do why did I need to know this? And, and and you know those kind of accounts, I just like respectfully, I'm like I might have to to keep my distance because yeah, some of these topics are not worth discussing. It's like what are we really even talking about? Why mm-hmm. why is this the focus when we know that there's work to be done? There's work to be done, bro. And I think uh, a lot of those pages. What, what do you think of the shade room, bro? I don't think that I don't follow them, so I personally like it's also it's kind of hard. I like I can't, years ago, yeah, so, so like I can't kidding. really even speak on their recent behavior because I think it's weird that they have some sh- like it's called Shade Room Teens, and I think that they're trying to like expand so that they can like you know be on some like brand like a magazine, but yeah. if, it feels kind of weird to me because I'm like I don't think that they. The, same, the way that they run Shade Room, the kids don't need to be seeing nothing like this. Seeing nothing so like that. that <laughs> so that's why I just feel like I keep my distance from that. Also, Zeus Network. Um, I don't know if you know about Zeus Network. No, I but don't. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. That's a red flag for me. Zeus, if, Zeus, I might look that up right so now. If, <laughs> it's funny because that's where like... Um, Baddies West and those kind of shows where the girls literally just sit up, get drunk, fight, and no, I've I've heard of that show. and stuff like that. Like I don't think that that is constructive to the black community, and not, you like, don't need to be watching all. that kind of stuff at all. Because bro, that is not how you can. That is not how you conduct yourself. If anytime you have a disagreement, you stand up and throw your drink, we're we're not getting anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. <laughs> we're not oh, going like, nowhere. It's not. Oh my! So I hate that the media is bro, consumed by the so, masses, bro. I hate that shit, bro. That's why I'm like, it. you, bro. You have to be mindful of what you consume, and I'm not perfect because I still listen to. We're not perfect. I, I still listen to the to some rap murder music every now and then, <laughs> but it's like, yo, you 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 have to be intentional about it. Like you have to be able to separate yourself from that world, and that's why you have to think critically. Like I, I I'm gonna listen to this in the club setting when I want to have fun and turn up, but I'm not gonna act. On you know that media that I consume, Thinking let that critically. let that be an outlet and not um, input more. You know what I mean? Exactly. If that if that is how it how you want to consume that media, bro, that's one of the biggest things, bro. When you think about just thinking critically, and I think that's something that we've kind of lost, particularly like um, I wouldn't say that that we lost, but we don't do enough like in the black community. We're, yeah, we're always and I I really think America in general, but for, well, right now we're gonna focus on the black community. Like like we. Don't be thinking about what we consume, bro. Like, yeah. How harmful it is, bro. Like, I think that um, we focus so much on the negative of of things. Like, have you, I'm sure you've seen that that story where like a high school had to delay its graduation because like only like five yeah students five were students graduated. Like, I I think that type of stuff is sad. It is. But it pisses me off that I've seen that story like four times <laughs> over the past like like. Like few weeks, yeah. like, I keep seeing yeah. it. I'm like, all right, like, like let's just show some positive stuff, exactly. bro. It's graduation season. There's it's a lot of a lot of people doing great things. Yeah. A lot of people graduating, bro. And it's up to the point to where I seen like a I seen a post by I seen a post by this um, Bay Area page. Like I it was like a black man who copped or something. When I first saw it, I was like, oh man, did he get killed? Like that's the first thing I thought in my yeah. head when I when when I, when I just saw a black man like a firefighter. 
Too. But it was actually something positive. positive. He just graduated. And you it, know? it like, just goes to show how many times you see that stuff that you can't even start to think about. Like, oh, is this something good? Like, yeah, bro. <laughs> also, another thing that I'm going to say is, like, I feel like we, we focus on the wrong things. Like, personally, like, I recently just was on my Instagram story talking about this the other day. I was like, there were some, some celebrities, you know, I'm, I stay out of the whole debate because I don't know whether or not. I'm not in that case. The whole YSL Rico, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But I think the people that are like ishing, wishing ill will on Gunna is 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 irrelevant. You know, whether or not he did something that was not honorable, I think that you shouldn't ish, wish ill will upon him one and two, it should be a, a we should be thinking about like it's unfortunate that they're they're even in this situation. Some of the best artists of our generation are caught up in um, just sh- street business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it's unfortunate that they felt that despite them making millions, that this is uh, somewhere that they still had to participate, right? So that's what that we need to be focusing on and saying we need to be... Um, having the conversation of like it's unfortunate that they're in the situation so how can we improve and change the narrative so that our young men don't feel a need to be in this space that they can get this money like they're already doing and stay out of the negative aspect of yeah, it exactly. that's what i really feel is like important and is what we need for the next generation because yeah we're not gonna make progress if we're still you know getting caught up in in the street stuff and violence and especially killing each other that's really what it is to me like bro we don't have to kill each other bro we can we can get this money together we'll probably get more money if we work together that's really the thing and this is is one of the last things i'm gonna say i just really want to hope that i can like broaden your horizons and um to like the young men out there that are listening if i could say this one thing right Let's say you look up to Lil Baby and you look up to like artists like that and you think about, I'm a, for example, I'm going to say Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich in a song, he says, I get paid half a million every time I perform. He's like 500000 every time he's out. When you think about Roddy Rich and you're like, he's cool, he's doing this, he's getting money, having motion, $500,000 for one 15-minute performance. How much do you think the person that's paying Roddy Rich is getting paid to host that event? They're making millions if they can throw him half a million to do 15 minutes. So just be mindful of that. Literally, I want that to put in perspective for you how much money there is in the world to be made. That's all I got to say. And you don't that's not like you don't have to resort to the illegitimate route. Like you can get this money legally. It's 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 not going to be easy, but it's possible. It's possible. So it's not going to be easy, and I guarantee you'll be a lot less stress free. Yeah, you'll be a lot more stress free. Yeah, if 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 you follow that that path, you know, you you know, you're not going to be as fearful. You don't have to look over your shoulder. shoulder Yeah, worry about somebody trying to trying to kill you. Exactly, the cops trying to get you. You know, like all that, bro. And it's like, um, I we just need more. We need more positive role models to be shown in the community. Truthfully. even the whole job around situation, bro. It's, yeah, it's so unfortunate to me that a man who, who was I've I've, I've seen I read articles that with the, with the investments he's making, he could be on track to be a billionaire. Really? One, yeah, bro. Like, and and you're doing all that 
dumb shit, bro. Like, why, why are you, why are you holding a gun on Instagram live, yeah. bro? And you, and, and you, LeBron, you, LeBron, you I had never seen LeBron hold no gun, bro. like, like, <laughs> or in, in no capacity. Like, bro, he's on his, bro, he's <laughs> damn near on his, he's on his way to becoming the face of Nike basketball. Yeah, and. You out here doing that dumb stuff, bro. And it's, it just makes me sad that he feels like he needs, he needs to, needs do, to that. do that. To, that to, that's something cool you should do. That that's something cool that, that he should do to, to retain credibility, quote unquote, within the community, bro. Yeah. That's not how we. That's not how we get that, bro. And it's it's just so it's so sad because there's so many young black boys who look up to him and are gonna see that and they're gonna be like, oh, I can still live this life and I can also be a be a all NBA basketball player when, like that is yeah. you know, the furthest thing from reality bro truthfully it's all about perspective because I think that it's interesting that people would like rapper Polo G was like oh look at me I, I like I don't need no security I'm always good I don't think that like cause when you say like oh I don't need no security then you you gotta walk around with a gun you gotta be your own security you gotta walk around with a gun and look over your shoulder if you're doing all that but I think you think that, that that's cool that makes you hard I think it's cool if you like, you know what? I'm I'm so notable, I'm so influential that I need security. That I gotta pull up like Drake. I gotta pull up in two black trucks, and the the security walks me in. To me, that's more hard than you walking around with a gun being by yourself. Yeah, because right. it's like, dang, who is he that he needs security or whatever? So I'm like, yo, bro. I think that you know, being smarter and being more safe is cooler, bro. Because it's like you keep your hands out of it. I don't gotta be stressed. I don't gotta be worried because they got it. That's what I pay him for. You know what I mean? To me, that's cool. That's hard. That's hard. But I just um I used to, I kind of think like why does he feel like he needs to do that? Like what, oh, yeah. Like, what is it? What is it about his upbringing that made him feel like he needs to do that? And um, one of my friends said the other day like he like he's from a small town. So mm-hmm. He he might not be as used to all the all the cameras on him, everybody watching his every move. Yeah. So I just hope that him being from a small town, it's not an excuse. But yeah. Like, Hopefully, hopefully he can just learn how to how to just not just not have this stuff happen as much, bro. Not not have it happen at all. So here's what I here's what I say. I agree with that because I don't, bro. Like I say, you got to give people grace. I'm not expecting you to get it right on the first try. I mean, how old is John? He's like he's probably like 23, 23, 23, Yeah, he's not even crazy old. Yeah, so I get that. Um. I get it the first time when you in the club and you do it on live and then everybody is is crazy backlash and uproar. I don't get it the second time. Because the thing is, one, you already know. Before the first time, you already know you're in a privileged position where it's like, bro, I'm getting paid and I got an image. Mm -hmm. So I sign contracts and I'm supposed to conduct myself a certain way. You already know that, right? First time, whoa, okay. You didn't hurt nobody, but that's a slap on the wrist because why is you doing this? The second time... All right, bro. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro. You you got one more chance where it's like after this, like it's not even whatever. But you really have to about intention, I guess. <laughs> but um, I get that 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 small town upbringing, and I get it, like because you know you you can be a product of your environment, mm-hmm. but you also like that's why I want to tell our young black men, bro. Just because you came from somewhere doesn't mean you got to bring that with you in every room. Like, you got to think about it because you're going to play yourself out of some money and you're going to play yourself out of a position because you're thinking about where you was and not thinking about where you are. So that's that's really why it's like, I, I get it, bro, if, if that's what you was around and whatnot. But also, I'm going to say, you, you said a small town, but it's also with the media, bro, like, like... 
I've been seeing new like things like Christian rap and just even more positive music, and I think that that's cool because I mean, people will call it corny, but it's like, yo, why would I want to listen to murder music that makes me feel like I want to go out and hurt somebody? Like, I get it, the beat is hard or whatever, but it's like we have to start being mindful and intentional, and also we have to be mindful of who we're like, you know. I don't want to say glorifying or praising because that's not what you should be doing with these people. These are people, bro. These artists and celebrities, don't put them on a pedestal. They're still regular people, regular which is why they mess up. But, um, you know, giving these people these praise for their arts and their talents, mm-hmm. we have to be mindful of who we are, you know, uplifting because it goes to positive role models. Like, you know, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want my kid to be, you know. Exactly. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that at all, bro. Yeah. It's kind of something that we talked about before the podcast, like all this music, the fact that it even has that, the influence that it has on our community, bro. Like, yeah. You was talking about when the the, um, the white white dude was on was on the Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. And he was like, Charlie asked him like, why why do you glorify? Why do you put this music out there? And he had no yeah he had no um no answer. no answer yeah for context we was talking about there's a there's a podcast uh breakfast club episode where i believe the owner of a major record label um please i don't forgive me if i'm wrong believe it was a jewish white man who's the owner and he was saying um uh charlamagne had asked him essentially why are, why are you putting these artists that are talking about rapping uh robbing killing and stealing why why are you promoting this music and Essentially, the owner couldn't give him a straightforward answer. He was like, "Ah, uh, kind of." I believe he kind of said something about like, "Oh, it's what's selling," which is horrible. It's a horrible excuse because just because it's selling, that just if you say it's selling, then that makes you a sellout because literally, like, I bro, I feel that's, like that's the definition. Of yo, we need it, and that's the thing. It goes to positive role models. I don't, bro, I don't. The idea, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna stay out of it. I didn't grow up in the streets, so I don't understand that that life. But I feel like it's more cool to be honorable, to be dependable, to stand on your word. It's like, I can count on you versus like, you know, bro is shysty. He might just shoot you. And it's like, that's not hard to me. Like, that's volatile. And that shows that you you haven't done that work to control yourself. Because we all feel that way. There could be a time where I feel like I want to shoot somebody. But the difference is acting upon it. So that's where I think we need more positive role models to to, to tell the youth, like, bro, you like that's not cool. We, we, we can't uplift the ones that are talking about... Yeah, I just slime Brody out when it's like, yo, like, if anything, you should, more of a, I put my mans on. That's what we need. Mm -hmm. That's what we need more of, the putting your mans on and less of the, you know, stepping on somebody else to uplift yourself. Because we're not going to get nowhere, and now you got to look over your shoulder. And so, that's why we have to, we got to be mindful of where we're putting our money and our time, and also who we're uplifting and who we're giving platforms to facts because i mean i feel like a lot of the dudes who live that street lifestyle don't even want to live it bro. they like, don't like they don't even want to be in that so, so when you get rappers who have not even lived that lifestyle talk about it talk. they it's like what are you it's like what are you doing bro? Yeah. like that that's that's selling out that's selling that is the epitome of selling your soul bro yeah and it just makes me think about how like before like Gangster rap came on the scene in the nineties. Like mm-hmm. rap used to be a positive bro, thing. They used to be like talking about activism, talking yeah, about Africa, talking facts. about real stuff, bro. And that's when it was in a black space. Yeah. Once, once, once the white people got their hands on them, them big record labels started getting their hands on them. Contracts and yeah, 
Exactly that. not, That's when it got tainted Bro they me. not in the community So they don't care What happens in the community they bro exactly. Cause I guarantee you That 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 Jewish dude bro He would not want No he want He would not want That music just, being yeah. played In his community In yeah. his neighborhood He yeah. wouldn't want that bro And <laughs> They probably don't listen to it For real Hell no, They, they don't probably don't They that, listen bro. to their own music But Oh yeah This artist that I signed Whatever You know what I mean So yeah, I, yeah. Just we just gotta be mindful. We I just think that yeah, we we know we know and we're aware, but we just continue to give into it. Most definitely, because I feel like um a lot of people I think that we blame the music on what's going on when I think the the conditions created the music and I think the music can like it, it propagates it. it yeah, it, it, it perpetuates it, 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 that. Yeah, it, it perpetuates it. It makes it a little more a more more a lot a lot more cool because. When you think, when I think of like black people in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, like when they was making the music, they was mad about their position. Like, yeah. like people like NWA, like like you know the songs like "Fuck the Police," exactly. you know, out of company, you know, like people like Ice Cube, bro, like they they talked about it, but they didn't actually like it. They didn't. They, that's that's they didn't, that was, that was the, the whole reason. reason. That was the whole reason. The whole reason talking about <laughs> this, like telling people what's really going on. But, yeah. But now it's evolved into like. It, it became something that you didn't want to that you, that she was trying to tell the story of to now it's something that it's cool and it's like yeah. it's like okay yeah this lifestyle this lifestyle cool I want to stay in it now exactly. and it keeps us in the position of not wanting to better ourselves because yeah. because you know it's like okay like I really I really don't care and it, it, it feels I can't say like it kind of like it normalizes it yeah. to the point to where people to where people outside of those situations don't even want to help change it yeah because it's like it's so normal i feel like a lot of that street shit is normalizing our community yeah to the point to where people don't even people don't even feel bad for the people in those positions they're like oh they, they want to stay in it when when they, they don't want to be in those situations bro they don't bro yeah and that's why i'm so grateful to be in it like i'm i'm grateful to be in a privileged position to attend howard and uh, when I got here, that's really, and I like we say, um, Howard is really fundamental in, you know, me developing into who I am as a black man in America. Um, being at Howard shows me how important it is to give back. Like, just the fact that we have alt, um, um, ASB, alt, Alternative Spring Break. Um, it's just everybody's, like, actively giving back into the community. And you see how important that is because when you are in a position to have access to rooms that other people do not, it's so important to send that elevator back down to the ground floor. Because somebody helped uplift you to get to where you are now. So that's why you have to send that elevator back down and give back. And I feel like that's so important. And um, being able to be in a position like this, like really, I really want to, I will start doing give back initiatives because I'm grateful to be where I am. But also we need to like, I'm not just gonna sit here and talk about how like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I didn't come from the streets and I don't understand why they do that. But what I am also gonna do is like, I want to give back so that people can see that there are other ways and start to change that narrative. I feel like that's what's really important and you can't forget to give back. Um, yeah, so like we like and it, it's all about action because we can sit up here and talk about like, oh, this is bad. This is sad. We, we don't want this. But we also have to start doing something and changing the narrative. So, yeah, I feel like that's why giving back is so important. Like, don't separate yourself because, bro, to me, it's so sad. Like, when I say I don't know that life, like, I was grateful enough. 11 years old, bro, I was a kid running around in the summer. I would go to like after school program um, to a, a summer program. Go to the water park, uh, go to the amusement park. We do activities. 
I see kids on here, 11 years old, rapping, holding guns, face tattoo, smoking black and milds. That's so sad to me. That's unfortunate that you have to, you have to grow grow up and you know air quotes and you you have to live that life at 11 years old where you where you feel you have to rob kill and steal or look over your shoulder and do these kind of yeah. things when i i'm fortunate enough i didn't have to do that so that's why i want to like we we have to change the narrative of this isn't cool because this is what our young men are looking up and inspiring to do and they're not allowed to be children they're not even allowed to just experience the world and take it in before having to defend themselves and feel like it's a survival mode you know you don't even really know the world i still don't i still don't know the world i'm still learning at at my age so yeah man that's really what it comes comes down to but bro i think that uh, i was in this book i was reading it's talking about like something a simple thing that would help a lot of hoods and black communities just put in more just put in more uh Resources like like playground, water parks, like all that, yeah, all that like, cool let stuff. Let the just, kids be kids, like, like bro. Recreational activities, thing, things that the kids can do. Let the kids paint. Let them, you know, yeah. play play sports. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to worry about running around and trying to go shoot somebody or sell this and whatever. You know what I mean? You know, like, bro, it's real, bro. And I think that some like kind of thinking, talking about like people normalizing it. Like, people have gone to the points where hey, we just look at. We look at the hood as like, oh, it's just, it's just, it just got there. It's just there. Yeah. When that's, it was, it was created. Yeah. Purposefully like that, bro. Truthfully. Like, and in a different podcast that I had this week, I was talking about how like, we, like, you know, like, you, you, you don't see nightclubs and bars and liquor stores in white communities, bro. No. You, you don't, you don't see up in Georgetown, but you don't. They got you, you don't one see brewery. That. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't see that, but they put all that negative stuff in our community, so I feel like. Our way of giving back is trying to just just put more things to things to do, things that people can actually enjoy, bro. Yeah. Give, give people the opportunity to be kids and have fun, positive experiences yes. growing up, bro. We, we, we need to stop neglecting the hood, bro. That's, that's why I feel like we've done far too often, bro. I think, and that's why it's so important. I really want to, and I, 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 I try to be, I do my best to be mindful and intentional um, I want to be able to bring children into this world when I can provide for them. And, like, I don't blame anybody for any circumstances or whatever happens. But, um, truthfully, like, when you have to worry about providing, then you aren't able to be present for your child and to give them that emotional presence that's very important in their young um, developmental stage. So, if your kid... If you can't, you know, you don't have no money to feed your child, then your child is feeling like, dang, well, I see my mom struggling. And I feel like I had to do this to go make some money. Mm-hmm. And I see that so-and-so is making some money by doing this. So that's that's, starts, that's really where it's like, I really want to be put myself in a position to be able to provide for my children to be present for them. So I don't have to worry about them feeling like they got to go out and do something that they don't need to be doing, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's really where, um, yeah, that's important. But like, being able to set up things to allow children to just be children, not have to worry about survival and explore the world and learn the world, how to operate in this society. Bro, that's the thing, bro. Like, we have to get our get our children out of the survival mindset because, you know, like, both of us, like, growing up, we wasn't thinking about survival. Yeah. Like, we were just living our lives, bro. Just, you know, just having, having the privilege to just being able to like live our lives, our parents took care of everything. You know? We was just 
obviously you got you got your own issues when you're with your kids. Yeah, you know, but it's like nothing's well, perfect. We're well, we not thinking about life threatening situations. Exactly. Bro. I I did this um, event with Dominican Micro like a few weeks ago. I went to, like a DC middle school event. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kids, bro. Like I didn't, I wasn't there, but it was at a different panel. Um, and one of the other members of Mandy Mecca said to me, a lot of their fears was like that they didn't have a gun, bro. Really? Because because they were scared of the other people who have guns and they think about their own safety, bro. And these are middle schoolers. That's so sad, bro. That's so and sad. A lot of these kids are, are, are from Southeast DC. Like, yeah. Southeast DC is kind of just forgotten, bro. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Nah, that's actually heartbreaking because wow, I was not thinking about having no gun. At, oh, bro, not think about that bro. at all, bro. I yo, wow, that's so yeah, nah, that's that's unfortunate, and that's another thing too. I, and so this is kind of like changing the topic, but I'm curious to know how do you feel about like long term, like living in America? Do you do you see yourself living here for the rest of your time? Um, right now I feel like I do. It's you do. I feel like I to my people. Yes. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the change that I want to do, um, what I feel like my purpose right now is to is to help um, just just inspire people. I feel like this society is crumbling. Yeah. In front of your eyes, I feel like that's something that I feel like I can help change and, and reverse the effect of. So I, I think that's something that I, that right now I see myself doing. That's very I, honorable. I, 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 I do want to, I do want to, Travel though and yeah. get out in the world. I feel like there's so much more to experience than this than this country. Yeah, I um I recently had the privilege of going to Toronto, in mm. uh, Toronto, Ontario, um, and it was just interesting to see the the way of life out there. That was my first time. I've never been out of the country until then, so that was my first time out of the country. And they're like, "You guys have guns, don't you?" And they're like, "And we're I'm like, I'm like I don't have them personally, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, they're legal." And they're like, "Yeah, that's crazy." Like. Nobody has guns, only the police do. But yeah, like we leave our doors unlocked and stuff like that. And um, I, I, do, I do feel like I have a certain level of responsibility to give back and um, make an impact, which I really do want. Like I, I really want to do, it's not an obligation. It's like something that I, I genuinely want to do and give back. Yeah. Um, but just talking about like America from a political perspective, I feel like Bro, it's hard to live in a country where it's like, the literally senators, politicians, police officers, children, the people who are supposed to be highly protected or whatever, they're getting murdered and shot at in schools. And they say, you know what? We need to give the teachers guns. You know what that tells me? That tells me you are in, or somebody, somebody's in your pocket. Are you in somebody's pocket? Because... When children are being murdered in schools and your job is to protect the people and you say, you know what, we just got to ramp it up, then it's like you really don't even care about us. Because if you were trying to do good, then you would be like, you know what, we need to take these guns away, bro. I, like, I, I get the whole Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Bro, that was, that was back early American days when we was fighting revolutions and whatever. You needed a militia, an army. But bro, we don't, we don't need guns. And just the way that police conduct themselves, it's just like, I don't know that this is a place where I would want to raise children personally. And that's why I feel like I do want to make an effort to change it. But also it's just like, 
there's only so much you can do. Like, and I'm not. And it's not like I'm gonna give up and leave. It. Like, cause no, it's, it's, it's not. You know what I mean? It, it, but it's, it's just true. like it's so to much. a certain point, it's like you have to think about like, yo, like I see nothing is changing. Like, what more can be done? I can continue to do the good that I'm doing, but at a certain point, you know. Bro, I I think it's um when you talking about the politicians and senators and stuff like that, I think that. For me, I have lost a lot of faith in this in this system because it's really it's not even all these presidents bro, all these people it's all a facade, bro. They're they're being run by the people with the money, bro. Like like a lot of like a lot of the laws that people vote on, the things that that we feel like we have a saying, bro. Like the politicians, bro, they don't they don't give a fuck, bro. It doesn't like, matter. Bro. They 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 trying to they're trying to vote in the best interest of themselves. Yeah. Off off the facade of. I'm for the people, which is this country is founded on a facade, bro. It's, yeah, it's it's not it's not for the people, bro. It's it's for the rich. Exactly. It's for the man. And that's why it's so sad to me, just because it's like, <sighs> the thing is, like, with the, I feel like the those politicians and those public figures, you could start out with good intentions, but in order to like, it's like. Just the way that that environment, that industry works, you won't survive if you're only just doing like good. And it sounds bad, but like, but it's true. The people, like, bro. So the thing is, it's about getting reelected. You can't make any change for the people you want to make change for if you're not in office. And mm-hmm. to get in office, you need to run and you need to campaign. So you need money, and campaigning isn't cheap. So you have to go to the people with money. And the people with money have their own agenda. Mm -hmm. So once you take that money from them, it's like, okay, I'm going to try and do this good for my people. But I do have to do this to uphold my end of the bargain for this money that I, whatever. I need to listen to. Exactly. And so it's like only so much good can can happen with this this system. So that's why I feel like, you know, and it's not like a... The thing is, I don't like to just point the finger and say this is a problem and whatever and not try and provide a solution. But Mm -hmm. that's something where I do have to do more research and become more knowledgeable to see how we can enact change in that arena. But it's really just like I don't know what else can be done. So that's my standpoint at this moment. Like I see the bad, but I still have to do that work with myself research to figure out how we can make some change. Like it's not just a lost cause, but I I think it kind of starts from like redirecting our focus yeah from like trying to get everything that we want to be changed through through political avenues and actually just being on the ground more yeah and just working just getting with the everyday people and just teaching just teaching them about why just like why they should do this why they should do that i think i think that's kind of where change comes from do i know how exactly specifically i can do that i'm still trying to figure that out myself yeah but i think it's redirecting our focus from relying on politicians who, who don't have our best interest at heart. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Um, even talking about, like, financial financial backing. I was watching, I was just watching this, this Dr. Umar interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was right, like, right before you came here. Really? And um, one of the things he was he said, the, the revolution will not be financed. Mm-hmm. Because if we're trying to make change, we can't be taking money from white people, white yeah. organizations, people who gonna have their own agenda, bro. Wow, that's really true. Because we, that's a good one, bro. Um, in this book I was reading, uh, this book I finished, uh, it's called Revolutionaries to Race Leaders, right there. Actually, mm-hmm. um, there used to be this magazine called The Black World in the nineteen sixties and seventies, and it, like a lot of the a lot of the black radical um, 
just thoughts and philosophies, just overall, just this alternative solutions to, mm-hmm. to the American political system used to be in that magazine. A lot of, and it was circulated heavily. A lot of black people used to read it. But the reason why it was discontinued and disbanded was because the white financial backers of the magazine didn't like what was being produced and yeah. the information that was being pushed through it. So they was so they stopped funding it. Exactly. And that's what part where I feel like we as black people need to come together and pool our resources. Yeah. So so we don't need to rely on other groups of people and other races who don't have our best interest at heart. Facts. You know, I wholeheartedly agree because that's really the truth. It's like once you take that money from somebody, then it's like you owe them a professional favor. Like you it's do. like you can't, or you just have to understand what you have to understand what comes with that money. You know, and so that's why that's why equity is so important. Like that's why ownership is important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, understanding that I I yeah I have some ideas that I want to get into and work into the works within like the next. You know, five to ten years to start, you know, enacting some change. But we really need to teach the youth and teach our community of, of the importance of ownership. And I know that the, there really is a generation that's doing this now. And, you know, the whole LLC, <laughs> that's a buzzword now. People just be throwing it around. But entrepreneurship it, exactly. LLC, but like. we do need to actually understand the way that finances work and the way that ownership works within the society. Well, here's the thing. No matter where you are, bro, you could go to Mars and you, you with the Martians on Mars, right? You need to understand the way that things operate. Because if you don't know the rules to the game, it's like, bro, you're, you're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. you might win on accident. You might, it, the ball might go in the hoop one time just because you happen to things aligned and you mm-hmm. got it right. But if you don't know the rules, you can't win intentionally. So it's literally that. No matter where you are, if you're trying to compete in a space or it's a space that you are you know surviving in a space you have to be in learn the rules like take that time to understand the game so that you can figure out what works for you and your best way to approach that situation that's that's literally it like obviously you're gonna fail if you don't know how to win so so you got to learn how to win what do you think is the best way to go about learning the rules of the game um like so that being you know like potential resources like just like so here's what i say i think the the best way is experience because your your own experience in that that game that setting is going to be different from person to person so one you have to do it you have to you know walk through you know you have to take that journey to experience this failure to expect to experience this win mm-hmm. but it's also you know you can learn from other people's mistakes and it's important to you know if you are going to be in a space to have mentors to be in communication with people that can help you to um you know they're like i did this before and they can give you guidance and insight on ways that you can navigate it now you still got to make your decision for yourself because like i said your experience is going to be different but that's where the practicing comes in you have that discernment from from being there and from having experienced that before and then also from you know the wisdom from the elders and being able to and i feel like that's the best way to learn you know it's a combination because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna learn hard if you do it all yourself you know you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna fail every single time and you will learn experience but, i feel like it's the best teaching it is and that's the truth because 
Like, you, you don't know how you're going to react to something. Somebody can tell you, oh, do this so that you can avoid this. But then it's just like, I don't like this route that this made me take because I operate different and I can't confront this the same way you did. So that's why it's like, okay, somebody can say, oh, I did it this personally because for me this works. And that's when you're like, okay, now I know their personal insight, but you still never know until you're in that moment. And one thing that's interesting, I just had this thought for myself Mm -hmm. because now I started my internship and this is my first time really working like a nine to five. I've had an internship before and it wasn't really whatever, but this one is like, I'm an adult paying my bills, commuting and like showing up. It's in New York, right? Yeah, it's in New York. So I'm working like nine to five and I'm walking back home from work and I'm like, this is funny because I realized that you think you know things because you experience them through other people. Like you see it and it's like, oh, I've seen somebody go through that before and I know how they felt after they experienced it so I can understand this feeling. But you don't know until you yourself are in that moment and you're like, oh, I really don't like this or I really enjoy this. I'm really tired, whatever it is. So... It's funny, like, you think you can know something just from, like, having experienced it from a secondhand perspective, but you really never know until you do it for yourself. And that's why you can't be scared to take that step forward. You have to do it for yourself. Otherwise, you'll never know, and you won't make any progress just thinking, like, oh, somebody else did it this way, so I'm just not going to do it. But the whole time, that could have been the way for you to make it happen for yourself. But, you know. It's really just about execution because it might not have worked for somebody else because they didn't execute it properly. That's also a factor, yeah, because, yeah, execution is important. Um, Like, like we say, we like we talk about intention. Intention is everything. I feel like intention is important with relationships, but you also have to like it's about the execution. Like you could you could have meant well, but if you didn't do well, then mm-hmm. you can't expect good to come. So that's that's really the truth. Like it's yeah, intentionality and execution. Bro, I think that um, I feel like the intentionality, execution, and just doing it. I think that one of the best ways. I think a, a good way to learn is by doing it mm-hmm. and then studying. It, yeah. Like, I feel like if you want to improve anything in your life, it's better to to do it and fail at it and then review it. Like, yeah. for, for example, it's like reading reading a book about business or whatever, starting, mm-hmm. starting a business. I think that starting, not not saying, you, you should research the stuff before, but I think you'll learn a lot more if you if you if you fail and do it and then like read a book about it after because then you can look at me like oh okay yeah i, I did that it's exactly it's like it's, it, it, i even apply it to like dating in a way it's like i think that you you can watch a lot of videos about dating and stuff like that yeah. you can read books about dating but like <laughs> exactly I, that i think that information serves you better after, after you, you have just, failed yeah or or things didn't go the way you want because now you can apply that to your real life experience like oh okay yeah this is why I, this is why i should have i should have said this term. this this yeah. is why this is why i could have did this differently this is why i could have communicated better yeah you need that experience you just have to see things that's really what it is you yeah. have to see things for the first time and see yourself in that space to be like okay like take it in this is what it looks like this is how things go whatever mm-hmm. And then after, that's when you can use that insight and then to help you to make those edits and revisions because now you you have your personal, you know, perspective of that situation. So you're like, oh, I understand why this happened now because, you know, so. I think, I mean, even like, that goes goes with anything in life, bro. Truthfully. If you, if, if I want to, if I want to learn how to be the best podcaster ever, then I have to actually start doing a pod. I have to just do it. Yeah. Um, I, and we were talking about it earlier, like. 
fear fear can drive a lot of things that you that you do or don't do. Because there have been times where I haven't recorded a podcast in a minute, so I'll be hesitant to record one because I was like, man, I don't know if it's gonna be good. Like I don't know if it's, it's gonna be as good as it can be. I don't know if I still got it. But then once I actually sit down and record it, it's fire. You yeah. Know? But I actually gotta just sit and do it. That's exactly how I feel with music and everything right now. Like I've been trying to step into this next chapter. And it's a little bit of like imposter syndrome and fear that you you know you hear in your head where it's it's those doubts. And that's why it's important you have to silence those doubts because that'll stop you from moving forward. You'll Bro. just be like ah uh, like you know it's been a minute. They might think this. They might whatever. But it's like, bro, you just got to do it because you're not going to you're not going to get over that hill of what they might think or how it might come out if you never like keep going to like, you know, get better. Facts. So I think um, a, a great book that I feel like you should read is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I listened to it. I think I, I haven't finished it, but I started listening to it on Audible. OK. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Real niggas know about that book. Yes, but I, because and, and that was that's another book drifting. That that drifting, was yeah drifting, exactly yes. oh my yeah God. so <laughs> that's that that goes hand in hand with the the quote from Hitler about like not thinking mm-hmm. and it's just like if you don't if you literally aren't thinking critically or thinking for yourself you're just gonna drift from thought to thought that just because like somebody tell you this so you gonna think this you know you you hear that this is what people think so you that's what you think bro even the whole subject of thinking critically I feel like there's gonna be people who might be like oh my god he's quoted he quoted Hitler he's horrible <laughs> yeah and I feel like that's yeah that's, and don't that's, listen that's, that, that's an example of not thinking critically yes. because it's like bro you you have to learn from from evil in order to in bro. order to like not repeat the mistakes yeah. in the future bro yo and it's like it sounds horrible like this man was an evil genius like the problem is i'm not giving him like i'm not saying what he did was good or anything at all like when i use that quote you just have to understand the magnitude and the severity of the impact that he had on the world so for him to say something like that is like wow maybe i do need to think critically mm-hmm. so it's literally that like don't get it mis- misconstrued like I do not support any of that but you have to you have to understand the magnitude and the importance of those things most definitely bro I mean that's why for me I'm such a, I'm such a, a studier of history because yeah you know, like if, if if you don't study history bro you you will repeat, You're gonna it repeat in the future it. Yeah. And, I, and there are a lot of things that we're kind of going through right now in this country politically like, yeah that have happened before but in different in different times and it's like if you wanna, if you wanna combat those pops, you gotta understand where where it comes from, why it is what it is, bro. Because Facts. context is important with everything in life, bro. Everything. So yeah, you, you need to you need to understand what came before you so you can properly address it um, in the future. And also, this is where self accountability comes in because if you don't know something, it's okay that you don't know it's it. Okay. But, it's okay, but okay, but be mindful of your opinion or how strongly you may speak on something because like bro your words have impact whether you want to like whether you want to acknowledge that or not like you know there will be times where you'll hear like one sentence from somebody replaying in your head a conversation you had two three hours ago so just be mindful of like if you don't know something or you don't speak on something it's okay that you're not knowledgeable you'd be like you know what i still have to do my research i don't want to speak too much on that or to have too strong of an opinion because i don't know because then when you misinform people then that's when it's just like mm-hmm. okay that's that's when you're being harmful and that's when not knowing is negative it's okay if you don't know and you take that time to research but if you just go spew stuff out because you you heard this is what people think like that's where another level of uh like accountability comes in bro i feel like spewing it is kind of like um 
from the standpoint of not knowing something, it's like a comes from insecurity. It does because, like, bro, you, it really is. It's like, like, it's okay. It's okay if you don't know it. You know, you don't want to feel dumb. Exactly. You don't want to feel dumb or something. Exactly. So I think, bro, a lot of times people ask me something, I'll be like. And I am I not and I'm not educated. I'm gonna be like, uh, I don't really know enough on that yeah. to to give an opinion. Exactly. Like, I but and the, or even if I do give an opinion, I always preface like I don't I need to yeah. learn more about this. So yeah, mind I, you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I think about it, but yeah, don't 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 take what if I'm saying. If there's something that too. I don't know, then yeah. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Because I mean, it's important that we actually if. We, we actually gotta like study and learn bro but one if you're not adding value you don't gotta open your mouth you don't That's, and it, and this is like obviously if you hanging out with friends and you chilling whatever it's just not it's not a time for that like yeah. understand it here's what I'm gonna say nothing is inappropriate in the right setting like yo you can make jokes and have fun in that proper setting but like also be mindful if you're in a space where somebody's putting your your voice on a platform be mindful of what you're saying don't don't try to influence somebody or uh stray people the wrong way like when you you have to be uh mindful of that you have to be mindful about so. it bro that's so important bro there was something that you said you wanted to ask me earlier about religion I oh did, yeah, I did, did want to go back. So there. because I'm curious, right? So I'm Christian. I grew up in a traditional Baptist black household. Like oh, okay. I went to church every Sunday, all of that. Um, and I think it's interesting because just when you know about the history of Christianity and how things originated, and also knowing American history and as being black Americans, knowing that we were like our ancestors brought over here on ships and then indoctrinated, it's like. Is this religion for us? You know what mm. I mean. I don't. I don't know where my um, ancestors are from in Africa, so I feel like it would be kind of like I don't have that that connection, um, that ancestral connection. So I don't. Well, I don't. I believe in a higher power and I believe in God and I do still consider myself a Christian. Like, but I I do have those thoughts of like you know what is our religion is you know what I mean. Yeah. So. That's why I think it's interesting to take that. That I want to look into that black philosophy class bro, because you're talking about bro. it's about religion, especially being black in America. You know, some some um, black Americans are just black people are Muslim, um, Christian, Catholic, even. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My, my opinion on that is like I'm a Christian as well, mm-hmm. and um, that class taught me a lot just about like. The kind of misconceptions that we have about history and religion, how they how it kind of came to be, like a lot of the practices in Christianity are are based on like ancient Egyptian practices oh, and, interesting. And, and religions, bro. Like it's it's very like hmm. like the the figure the figure of God, God Jesus and Mary is based on the Egyptian gods of Isis, Osiris, and I can't remember the the, the third one. Hmm. I'm gonna write out maybe three. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting, and that's where that's where I had to say I still have to do my research and delve and into I, I my think, faith. I think, because I think it's either Ra Ra Ra, Ra or, or, or Horus. But that basically, um, something that that my professor like explained a lot was like people people like two thousand like a lot like fifteen hundred say sixteen hundred years ago like Christianity was kind of people were a lot of time we're kind of we kind of assume that people naturally came along to Christianity, but what Christianity actually did was it converted itself to the people into what the people were already practicing on the ground. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the the old religions of the past. They a lot of they are, a lot of those old religions are still alive in Christianity today. Mm-hmm. But what what was kind of done was like, all right, we need to get them worshiping Christianity. A lot of times it was used as like a power. Yeah, like a, like a power play, like Con, uh, Constantine, um, the Emperor of Rome. Like yeah, he 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 didn't profess Christianity until until he until his until his deathbed. Really? But he was the one who 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 converted the, the Roman Empire to Christianity because yeah. he wanted to unite the empire under one religion. Yeah, because people would people would listen more if they were united under one religion. Yeah, and and it's like I I I'm I'm still learning about this because I'm I only know so much. Yeah, but from what I know, it's like people. Christianity, my professor described it as like Christian. People didn't convert to Christianity. Christianity converted it's itself. Yeah, it, it, itself to what the people were practicing. It's like people were already practicing it, but under, under different names. Names, yeah, and then different and, and just different kind of. Uh, That's just, interesting. Just different different characters and figures. So once Christianity was able to, um, adopt adopt something similar enough, people were like, okay, I can follow this because it's yeah, what I was this already, is yeah. what I was already kind of doing. So mm-hmm. it's like. I can I can practice it this way. Yeah. And even with like black black Americans, like we um something that I, I want to buy the book, but there was a book that, I, that, that my professor had us read in that class. It was about like there's a misconception that like Christianity was forced onto black people yeah. in America. It didn't happen in the same timeline that people kind of think it did. Like mm. for like the first hundred years of of slavery in America, slave master didn't care whether yeah. we whether we were Christian or not, they just wanted us to do the work. Word, yeah, you know, and Africans were still able to practice what they what they practiced in, yeah. in America. But over time, uh, they kind of like kept the same things that they already practiced, but it kind of like converted to to Christianity. Yeah. You know, all the names, kind of like things. a dialect. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, okay. It just kind of just kind of came into that. But something that that really changed. Um, there's something really interesting that my professor said. He said like, by the, the end of slavery, only like, I I don't I don't want to misquote him. Mm-hmm. Like, around like twenty to thirty percent of black people were Christians. Like it wasn't really? it, it wasn't it wasn't as much as people think. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as much people think. And a lot of a lot of that that conversion to Christianity kind of came after, at, in, in, the, in the decades after slavery. Yeah. So I think I think with with all that, I think it's important to be. Um, it's important, and and even with black people being converted to Christianity, I feel like once when there were like in the eighteen twenties and thirties, there were a lot more slave revolts. So in order to control them, it's like all right, we need to we need to like start forcing this upon them. That's when the indoctrination yeah started. That makes started sense. to come. You know, the story of Ham thinking black people saying saying telling black people that they're cursed and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of where it. That's where that's kind of started, and um, I think I think all that history is important to know. We'll, before we are so quick to label it a white man's religion. Oh yeah, of course. You know because uh, we we practice it differently than white people. That do. is true too. And but I, I I do think there are different things that we kind of practice as black people. You know, like even the whole concept of worship, worshiping white Jesus. You know, that's yeah. that that I mean the, the that image was made by um, I think it was Michelangelo. Yeah, in the image of his like aunt. And then an image of, 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 of his like uncle, aunt's cousins, but like that in, in, in the thirteen hundred, thirteen hundred, exactly. That's so. that's that's where that that's where that comes from, bro. And I just think of we just gotta be, 
mindful and, and just and, and dig deep. And also, I mean, like, if your religion, if it works for you, bro, like, it works. Oh for yeah, you, bro. definitely. It's it's not it's not about like it's not about it's it's not always about like the the history of it. Where where does it come from? What what does it mean to you? How does this help you live a better life? How does it help yeah. you be 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 a better person? I think really, I really think that's what it's about. And yeah, no, I would agree because I feel like that's the whole point of religion. Just that, yeah, being uh, it's it's about like having a set of guidelines and morals um, that you live by, but also like tapping into that higher consciousness and understanding that there is a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like we said, different cultures that has that takes different uh, shapes and forms. But yeah, I definitely I I definitely agree that it is to it. It's about you know being a better person. How how you can be a better person yeah. in society. And it's more than that. Everybody has their own spiritual journey because yeah. it's like this life. We have our challenges. We have our own unique purpose and stuff. So everybody's you know path is different. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it is about being a more like yeah, just yeah, yeah being a better person. It sounds crazy. But. Hey, bro. Um, in a previous podcast that I recorded last year, me and Michael recorded with our friends. Like, yeah. Like, he was talking about he was he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to adopt a new religion and he was talking about how he studied all of them. Yeah. A lot of them. And he was saying a lot of them are the, a lot of them are kind of similar. Yeah, they're similar, bro. They're, they're so very similar. I have this theory. Like, that's why I think like every, every culture has their own version of like chicken and rice. Like, mm-hmm. millions of miles apart, but everybody got their own culture, I mean their own version of chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. There's that dish in some capacity, you know what I mean? So that's why I feel like the fact that if 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 people can have um, similar thoughts in different parts of the world, then I feel like we probably are under. I think that it is like one religion, mm-hmm. but um, it's you know different cultures have different values and things like that, which influence those. Exactly. So I feel like they definitely all shared um, elements though and values to a certain degree. Yeah, bro. Like every everybody, um, people. Throughout the course of history, people have recognized like different phenomena and like, yeah. things that have happened, you know. And because of that, you get different religions, different interpretations of it. I mean, nobody's gonna do the same thing, yeah, all over the world. Exactly, people are gonna do different stuff. Bro. Yeah. So it's um, I just think it's important to understand uh, other people's perspectives, understand like why people might believe certain things. People will think that people who have other religions is like they're they're their enemy. And even people will be there are a lot of people now who are going away from religion when I think that religion definitely still has a place in this society. Yeah. Um it it's in you know, like just like the the overall guide it is. Yeah. Terms, like the Bible has so many it, the Bible got a lot of gems, bro. Oh definitely. It, it got a, a lot of gems, bro. Like gems gems that have lived on for thousands of years. Cause like, bro, the human condition doesn't change, it bro. Doesn't. Like all, yeah, all, all everything around us changes, but how humans interact with each other and the things that go on, bro, it don't change. Bro, I saw, I've, I heard this. This is Proverbs. I've, this is a, a, a Bible verse that recently, like, honestly, the full verse is really, really where it's at. And I don't necessarily need to read the whole verse, but, um, like, the highlight of the verse is Proverbs 31.3. Don't waste your life chasing after women. This has ruined many kings. And... I just feel like it's funny, like the space that we're in right now. We're young men, and so we're actively dating and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you get to a certain point where you have to be mindful of your intentions and what you're doing when you are dating. 
So it's like when you are running around chasing, then you're wasting time. I've, I'm distracted from my purpose. I'm taking off my, my uh, path. And, you know, sometimes you can, um, you don't make, you know, you, you're not thinking with your head and you're not making the best decisions and yeah. stuff like that. So essentially, like, from the perspective of, like, this has ruined many kings, like, don't play yourself out of your position. You know which, as a ruler, not as a ruler, but you know as a leader, what you have to do um don't don't allow this to take you off your your game and your purpose like you know don't chase after women essentially but bro i mean i always think of it as like when you're when you're on your purpose and the women are gonna come that's what they say they say you find them you find your your wife in motion or you find you know that woman in motion like yeah, when you're doing bro. so like, like chasing after chasing after them and neglecting your purpose in the end it's always it's, it's gonna it's gonna lose you though yeah bro you might get what you want but it's not what you want and need you know what yeah, i mean exactly, so bro. then you like damn like you end up and you unsatisfied but yeah you fulfilled your 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 fleshly desire whatever it is mm-hmm. and yeah that's why i think it is like it's a it's about what perspective you coming from because you have to if you're going into it with that intention and that's all you're going to get out of it you know you're not going to get anything more if you're not asking more of that relationship or whatever it is exactly bro yeah that's what i mean that's really the key to life um for me is you know like you you get you 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 receive what you put out yeah yeah if 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 you want meaningful relationships you know you, you gotta you gotta put it out you gotta you have to be unafraid to, exactly to yeah. be a to be yourself and be a real person yo i and honestly i feel stronger when i'm more vulnerable which sounds ironic but it's like you know uh when you kind of put things out and you 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 know everything at face value you lay it out then i feel like you give yourself more strength to like yeah it's about confronting the insecurities and accepting it it's like i know i'm not perfect and i know i don't know all of this and that's okay because i i i I can see that I'm not perfect and I want to get better and I'm doing better. So when you lay it out like that, then you allow yourself to be stronger and being like, okay, this can't bother me because I, I've already dealt with that and exactly. I've addressed that and I know what I'm doing to work on that. And so then you can be stronger and you don't have to hide in your shell of like, oh, look at me. Like, you know, just trying to portray like you are smart because being right all the time, trying to be right all the time is exhausting. You know, yeah, like you stressed out, trying to say the right thing, trying to. So yeah, bro, that's that's facts, bro. And um, before we wrap this episode up, I wanted to um, talk about your clothing brand. Yes. When <laughs> I, I saw that when I when I was looking at your brand before this, I saw I yeah. that you had a brand. And, yeah. Um, when is just tell us just tell us more about it. Okay, so I'm being honest. Like I say, bro, I'm not perfect. I'm on I'm on my journey of my I'm on a journey of my own, and um, I just okay so let me let me tell you where it all starts from I started in 2020 um I just really like I I enjoy fashion and I like the way that clothes make me feel so I'm like okay how can I contribute to this space and like you know what what would I do with my own spin on it right Mm -hmm. growing up whenever like I said I grew up with black baptist parents whenever it was time to go back to school shopping or whatever my parents said my mom like you get your clothes get your shoes or whatever but just don't get nothing with no skulls on it or no dragons and Essentially, what she said is like nothing with demonic energy because yeah. she's like, what you put that energy into, like you know, you surround you surround yourself with that, um, and so growing up on that and like being mindful of those things. Also, my mom says like, there's power in the tongue, and so I try to be mindful of the, the of what I say and the things that I consume. So when I would go out to shop and I'm seeing <laughs> I'm going in Forever Twenty One, I'm looking at clothes. I'm like, bro, 
Taco Tuesday. Like, what does this even mean? And it's like, that's not like demonic or anything like that. But it's like, this is like nothing of value. There's no substance. This doesn't make me feel any better. The colors are cool. But like, what does this even mean? And then I saw a shirt recently. um, It said evil thoughts on it. And I'm like, I don't even know why I would want to wear something like that. And so I really just want to create something that has a positive message and something that also makes you feel cool and empowered in wearing it. Mm-hmm. So tying back it in, in into the var- my brand is called Varsity Team. I didn't even say that. The brand is Varsity Team. And so my, my idea behind that is essentially like I really want to encourage the youth and whoever it is that whatever you want to do in this life, you can make happen. It, like you can get the win, but it takes hard work. It takes showing up for your goals every day. It, it takes, uh, you know, showing up and doing that work that you don't want to do to get the end result. That's what it's about. But also, like, let's do this with a sense of morality. So, like, the, the slogan is winning in style. Like, I know that I'm going to win because of all of the work that I'm doing. But I want to win in style. I don't want to step on somebody else to uplift myself or, like, I don't want to... I wouldn't want to put uh, put something on a shirt that has a negative message or something yeah. like that when um, or, you know, just for the sake of making a sale and making a dollar. Like I want to make a, a quality product that provides uh, people like an experience where they can feel more confident in knowing that they have a garment on their body that has a positive message. But also the fact that they feel more confident in it, like, it, you know, it, it inspires that that energy out of you. So. That's really what it is, the goal of Varsity Team. I'll be dropping some stuff later on in the summer, so be on the, be on the lookout for that. But yeah, I really want to use it um, as a brand and an identity to create a community and a safe space for like the next generation of goal-oriented leaders, like those who want to uplift. Like growing up, I play sports, so that's where the mm-hmm. varsity aspect comes in. Yep. But like varsity has a certain level of like, uh, you know, like distinguished, like a certain level of. Um, hmm kind of like a like a, a standard it's like the way that you carry yourself when you're on like varsity a certain, a certain level of prestige prestige there you go that's the word i'm looking for yeah so i feel like um oh yeah having that grittiness of that athlete but translate translating that into um like going after your goals your personal development and also your relationships you know being considerate of those people that you have relationships with like we can work together as a team to achieve our goal mm-hmm. and um yeah it's essentially that we can uplift each other and not like we the, the, the divisiveness it's more about unity and inclusion unity, bro that's that's real bro Dude, yeah the so. whole concept of like varsity like something that i wish i understood now versus versus high school is that like the work that you got to put in if you want to yeah. be great because in in, yeah. in sports i didn't like a lot of the, the mentality i have about life right now and just like putting the extra work in yeah i didn't have that in high school if i knew then what i knew now what i know yeah. now it's like yo I would have went harder on the court, so. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's an aspect of, of maturity, bro. Yeah, and, facts. And growth. But now we know this, so we can go hard now. We, so we, that's we exactly what it now. is. And, and, and God willing, you know, we got a, got a life to live in front of us. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I'm excited, bro. I appreciate you for having me on here. Yes. Great conversation. I yeah. hope y'all can take something away from this. I hope They we, definitely will, Yeah, bro. I hope we help y'all. Will. This is definitely um, you part of the exclusive two-hour club. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yes, yeah. sir, bro. It's a great episode, bro. Like, you are a great podcast guest. I'm really? Like, I appreciate it. I talk a lot. That's why. Yeah, yeah, great. And, <laughs> I be thinking. And, 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 that's, and, that's, and that's what I need, bro. Like, just... I bro, I, I knew you had a lot to I know, say, bro. bro. Anytime you want to have me back on here, let me know. If you want to do something, but nah, we yeah, we'll definitely be working more. We got to get into some more, some more on, stuff. On God, man, like.
appreciate everybody who listened, man. As long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent, man. Yes, sir. Black Lotus, I appreciate y'all tuning in.